Welcome to another edition of 99 Questions. I am your host, Bob Buell. This is, of course, an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions. And join with me today. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Actor. Host. Uh, uh, currently, Penny Luckstone in this season of Dimension 20. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Magic the Gathering enthusiast, I'm going to say. I'm not quite sure. Yes, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Becca Scott. Becca, thank you so much for uh, being here. Hi, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. I am all those things. That's good. Yeah. My research team, my crack research team did their job. They really did. They knocked <laughs> it out of the park so far. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, oh, the pleasure is all mine. Oh, Come on. May I use this opportunity to also plug that I have my own YouTube channel called Good Time Society, where oh we post my... all kinds of nerdy content. I run Call of Cthulhu games, and we post a bunch of board game tutorial videos. Well, and everyone listening, I command you, that <laughs> a click, give it a subscribe. If you see a bell, for Pete's sake, hit it, because that's what you do to bells. <laughs> who would dare cross a bell and not hit it people I practical don't or virtual for. yeah <laughs> that's why they don't let me back into philadelphia i just keep <laughs> smacking that bell that crack's getting bigger <laughs> uh but we got so look at, look at all these wonderful questions we got so many questions here uh, I hear but there's exactly 99 of them. There's no telling, truly. Uh, <laughs> rumor has it, but who, who can believe it? Um, uh, but, of course, uh, where would we be without uh, ground rules, terms and conditions, if you will? Uh, so, uh, ground rule number one, you take as much time or as little time as you need to answer the questions. If a short story about your life uh, gives us a better answer, uh, give us that short story. If it's just a yes or no, give us a yes or a no. Uh, ground rule number two, this is not 60 minutes, uh, because they already had that name copyrighted and I tried, but I can't get it. Uh, so if you want to skip over any question for whatever reason, we can skip no issue. And, uh, ground rule number three, despite the name of the show being 99 questions, uh, there's no telling how many of these are actual questions. Uh, most of these are. Not maybe most, but a good handful are just prompts that I put a question mark at the end of, and no one can stop me because I just typed it. Uh, so, the first of those non-questions, Becca, are you ready? Yes. Okay. That's a good start. That's a very good start. Question number one. What's the perfect breakfast? The perfect breakfast. This is easy. It is a toasted English muffin. You need a little brown on top. You're going to put cream cheese on there and then smoked salmon. Ooh. Yeah, like the cold smoked kind. Mm -hmm. But you also have to very thinly slice dill pickle and tomato. And then you have a perfect breakfast. Wow. Mm -hmm. Dill pickle. See, I think a lot of people go red onion there. You go Ooh. dill pickle. You just blew my mind. Whoa. I'm going to have to put some red onions on my perfect breakfast. 
It can't possibly be more perfect. It can't. Just by laws of society. I don't know. <laughs> Even more perfect is what we're striving towards. Question number two. Who's the coolest dude? Ezra Klein? This is a really wonky, nerdy answer. Ezra? Well, how do I feel like I know that answer, uh, that name, but I can't? He's a New York Times reporter and podcaster, but he also is one of the co-founders of Vox Media, and he has this show called The Ezra Klein Show that was on Vox, and then it just recently moved to the New York Times, and he gets the wonkiest, nerdiest people, and they talk about the wonkiest, nerdiest topics in <laughs> deep, deep dives, and I just think he's one of the greatest thinkers of our time. I love it. Who who better than Ezra? If, uh, if there's a band name as such, I uh, I knew you were going to ask this, and I purposely was like, I can't think about that. There's too many great people, um, but I literally didn't think about that. That was top of mind, uh, and there we are. It's that's done. Perfect. It's it's embossed forever in the annals of time. Ezra Klein, coolest dude. It's not an award that's given out lightly. No, not at all. I mean. Brennan Lee Mulligan, Dungeon Master for Dimension 20, may be near the top. You know, my husband's pretty cool, but like I already said, Ezra Klein, and only one person can have that. And it's almost better if it's someone you don't know, personally. Sorry, Brennan. Sorry, Sorry, hubby. What it is. (laughs) Uh, Question three. Steak, chicken, or fish? One of each, please. Mm, Cheating the system. I'm going to check Here's with judges. The good thing. <laughs> They're going to allow it. <laughs> I think if it's salmon, I'll pick salmon every time. Mm. I love salmon. And I didn't have salmon or any fish until I was 25 years of age because I grew up in a landlocked state and uh, I was vegetarian from the ages of, of 15 to 25. So I just never tried fish. Wow. Mm-hmm. What broke that streak? What was just like the one fish that you said, that's it. I'm I'm diving in. <laughs> well, I ate a chicken salad sandwich in an airport, and that was uh, the end of an era. Uh, <laughs> an end of part of my identity, truthfully, because um, being vegetarian used to be a huge part of who I was. Because I, I do care very much about animals and the planet it just was that thing of when you're a teenager, you think your actions are severely impactful and you could change the world. And then as a dis- disillusioned 20-something, I said, it doesn't matter. Let me just eat meat because it tastes good. Like, I I wish I could change things, but I am one person and I cannot, so I'm just going <laughs> to enjoy chicken. And I did. You said and as I you do. were walking through an airport. <laughs> well, the airport was a specific choice because I didn't want anyone who was with me to feel responsible. Get this. That's fascinating. <laughs> it really is. You they're interesting questions. Oh come. <laughs> I just read them off the list. I don't know where they come from. Uh <laughs> question four. What's the best gift you've ever gotten? That's hard. What's the best you <laughs> what's the best gift you've ever gotten? What's the best gift I've ever gotten? It's shocking how few of these I have an answer for at the top of my head, despite how many times <laughs> I've read them. 
Um, the one that comes to mind is an original Xbox. Um, it's a it's a very long story, but long and short of it was I was like I don't know twelve or thirteen or something when that uh, console came out. Uh, so it was it was at the point where my mom was able to go to me and be like. I don't think this is happening. This Xbox is in high demand this Christmas. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to pull this off. So I was like, well, give me the brunt to the work. Like I'll call, you know, Funko lands and Best Buys and whatever's around at the time and, and try to find it. And so for legitimately like a month and a half, scrounged every mall, every store, every, everything searching for this Xbox. Couldn't do it to the point where I had a list, a piece of paper that I would call like every day, basically. And we would trade off who would call between me and my mom to try to find this thing. Wouldn't happen. Nothing happened. Didn't get it. So by like, you know, a couple days before Christmas, I'm just like, it's fine. It'll be restocked in January. You know, say la vie. It's what it is. Christmas Day, I'm unwrapping controllers, games, everything for it. No console. Again, I've already made peace with it in my mind. And then, of course, my mom comes scrolling into the room with this giant box and just goes, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you want to maybe you want to give it an open. And I open it and turns out on one of the one of the days that it was her turn. They had one in stock. She raced over to like a Best Buy, grabbed it, kept it under the seat that I was sitting in that very day making those calls and uh, never told me about it. Kept it a secret. And it's like. It's Wait, like but you the... put in hours after that still calling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she got me. She got me good. <laughs> the long con. Oh, yeah. But for that, like, you know, because when you're around that age, you get real cynical and all the holidays lose a little luster. But like my eyes got as big as that original green circle on that Xbox because, oh, boy, that was all about it. Yes. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you got the Xbox, and I'm really glad for your mom, because, boy, was she proud of herself when she gave you that gift. She you gave her so much joy. She immediately apologized for lying for the past two weeks <laughs> after she hit it, because she was like, I didn't want to, but it was too perfect. And I, and I was like, no, it, it made it better. You, you deserve what to would, have done that. What would she have done if you had found a second one and tried to buy it? That's a great question, <laughs> which would be a hilarious, like, deleted scene to this whole tale. Um, I honestly don't know. Uh, it's it's something lost to time. I have to imagine, like, if I were in her shoes, I would be like, oh, I'll go get it. And then just, like, fake go out to the store and come back and say, it was gone. <laughs> oh, darn. Oh, nice. But yeah. Just that's just my best guess. It it somehow never came up. Uh, hey, the the Christmas gods wanted things to go in her favor. Exactly, they wanted me to play Jet Set Radio Future, and they got me to play Jet Set Radio Future. Nice. So. Uh, I've thought of one. Okay, perfect. I turned twenty nine, and I asked for a murder mystery birthday party. <gasps> And uh, the hubs, the hubs came through. He's, you know, he's a great producer and he put everything together and sent everybody characters. And, you know, the murder mystery was solved. And um, it also 
made a huge meal for everyone. Holy cow. Um, it was like 30 people that came over. Um, and, and so I, I'm more of a, like, the more memorable gifts are experiences to me because I have um, a weird relationship with stuff. Like, Marie Kondo is kind of like a god to me. Mm. Um, unless it's board games, which I can neatly put on a shelf, um, I, I, I get rid of stuff. That's a very enviable characteristic. So I just can't get rid of stuff. <laughs> but no, that, that sounds amazing. That whole party, like truly phenomenal. It was really nice and really sweet that he had done all this planning and that everybody, you know, was into it and read up on their character and their hooks of who they're supposed to make conversation with. <laughs> it was very sweet. That's awesome. Uh, question five. Best gift you've ever given. Okay, so also my husband. I uh, don't think he thought it was the best gift ever, but I thought I had done so good. So a couple months before Christmas, we are in Florida at an art fair, a street art fair. Okay. Or it wasn't for street art. It was like street booths. And there was this old hippie guy, white guy, long gray hair, open white button-up shirt with no shirt underneath. And he's sitting in like a director's chair and he's playing a steel drum with his hands or rather his like middle fingers. And this steel drum only has the perfect notes on it that are very like calming, resonating major key i don't know anything about music i don't know how you describe these notes but it, yeah. it like it makes you zen out when you hear it and he was talking to us and was like sometimes i'll go in a kayak and i'll just row out and dolphins will circle around my kayak because animals r respond to this music and david my husband who i keep bringing up wonderful wonderful human um, he was just engaging this guy in conversation for a long time about the steel <laughs> drum. He had a lot of questions. And um, this was also around the time the movie Kubo in the Two Strings came out, which is from Leica Studios, which is a stop motion animation. Yeah. And David also really liked stop motion animation. We watched that film. And there's this beautiful line about, you know, long lost loves reuniting and refining each other. And it like it, it was a quest movie. But then when they find out that they were who they were looking for all along, the line is, you are my quest. And mm. so I did a bunch of research on where you could get a cool Gouda drum, is what they're called. And I, I found this place in, like, Austria that made custom Gouda drums. And I had it engraved with, you are my quest. Oh. And I gave him this gift, and he was like, cool. <laughs> Oh and now God. it sits on our dining table and I play it, you know, I played it yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was the best gift ever. And he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that rules. You went on this <laughs> personal journey to find this thing from halfway across the globe. And it's just, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's good. Wow. It's big. <laughs> it's big. What do we, where do we put it? <laughs> Ugh, that rules. This is why I I I'm not a 
generally a good gift giver because of my thing with stuff like I worry Ooh. that I'm giving people junk they don't want um <laughs> so so yeah I do have like a bit of a thing but I thought I had finally done a good but I was wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great that's great uh question six what'd you want to do for a living when you were a kid Be a famous movie star. Nice. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I would wish for at 1111. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where did that start? Because I feel like, (laughs) is that just a typical every every kid thing? I don't know. Well, I don't make the same wish, or otherwise I wouldn't have told you, but I did see 1111 on my phone this morning, and I did make a wish. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I would say that's silly, but I'm also the person who sees like a face down penny, and I'm like, no, not Can't even, take it. not even close. Get that away from me. Bad luck. <laughs> no. Face up, you gotta snap it up. Oh, I don't care if people are walking. Excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> I'm getting that. Penny. Excuse me, my luck is right there. <laughs> my future is underneath your sole of your feet here. <laughs> uh, question seven. What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? I mean, animals are scrappy and vicious. They're not worried about whether their face is going to look good on camera tomorrow if they, like, go all in. (laughs) Jaw. I don't even think... uh, I mean, like, size of human is one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty scrappy. You know, I could take a lot more people than I look like I could take... Cause I uh, uh, I lift weights. I don't know if you could tell. I lift weights. <laughs> Beck is currently lifting a forty pound weight in each hand. I know this is an audio <laughs> podcast, but <laughs> I lift weights. Um, okay, the biggest animal I could take. I think I could take a baby black bear. Whoa, a baby. Yeah, no, it, I I believe it. I would kick. You know. Gotta get the, the legs range. are the most powerful. Yeah. Your glute is your biggest muscle. That, that bear won't know what hit it. I'm you. <laughs> uh, What's yours? Oh I need to gosh. know some just... of these questions. I need to know. See, without without kind of like <laughs> like cheating and saying like some sort of massive fish that will never fight me back or something like that. Realistically, probably like I've I've at a bar I've I've made claim I could probably beat up like an old wolf. <laughs> Whoa. Like if a I A wolf is just an untrained dog. Yeah. A I... feral dog. But I feel like I've seen that Liam Neeson movie where he's in the wilderness enough that like I could probably do it. Is that the gray or is that the alien movie? I just mix those up. But you know the one. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Liam Neeson in the wilderness. Tell me more. Isn't there one where, yeah, he's, he's like, uh, goes into the wilderness and he has to fight like five wolves or something. He's just being chased through the, uh, yeah. Now I have to look this up because I, <laughs> it seems like I'm just making it up. Uh, I just think of the Leonardo DiCaprio one. Wolf of Wall Street? Revenant. Oh, Revenant. Rev- <laughs> The one where Leonardo fights wolves. Wolf of Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is called The Gray. 
a 2011 action drama. Okay, I'm into it. Got a 6.8 out of 10. That feels about right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the old Bob Buell stamp of approval on there. Right on there. Uh, Question eight. Who's someone you look up to? My mom. Mm. She just retired last year, which sucks to retire in 2020. But Mm -hmm. there was a lovely Zoom retirement ceremony, (laughs) and she has been a judge for 20 years, 20 years, 30 years. That's incredible. Um, Yeah. I won't say her full name because I don't want her to, I don't know. That's that's her name to say on the internet. Yeah. Um, But, but, uh, and she has a different last name, so nobody can stalk her. Don't even try. Um, (laughs) Also, she's a judge, so she's, she's got to have some sort of precedent power to do something. Don't, don't do it, people. Don't. Oh, yeah. She'll come for you. Um, She is an inspiration to me because she was this badass career woman in a time where, you're often the only woman in the room and she just was such a boss and it's a thing when you meet my mom she just seems like a mom out of context (laughs) Mm -hmm. like without the robe on and a collar because um rbg inspired like she got a gift of a bunch of ruth bader ginsburg style collars it's like a a thing that's so cool (laughs) yeah oh yeah um and but um She's just very principled and very hardworking. And um, even though she is the kind of mom that will always treat you like a kid, even when you're like, I'm fully a functioning adult, (laughs) you don't need to give me directions or make me lunch. Um, (laughs) But um, which is very sweet. Um, She she just is inspiring in terms of like how much she has achieved. Um, And I'm just real impressed by her. I look up to her. I don't even know her, and I'm impressed. That's great. <laughs> uh, question nine. What's the first album you bought with your own money? Oh, I don't know if I've ever bought an album with my own money, but... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I paid for my Spotify. Uh, but the first record I remember being mine... That like I started a CD rack for was the Spice Girls, their first album. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. No, I don't remember. It was just called Spice Girls. It was the name of the album. Was it? Yeah, that sounds right. Because Spice World came after that. That's right. Yeah. Or maybe it was called Spice Up Your Life was the second album. I don't know. But it coincided with an excellent film. I wonder what that's rated. (laughs) What what is that? What is the old IMD? I'm gonna say a three out of ten. <laughs> I watched that not that long ago. Spice oh, World. Congratulations. The film. Oh yeah, three point five. Okay, <laughs> I oh wow, it, generous. But <laughs> it's like that can't be. You know, you know they're not taking it seriously. So it's... yeah, there's an alien in the third <laughs> act. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Out of nowhere, having nothing to do with this concert movie. No, absolutely um, nothing. Yeah, uh, but I was a really, really big fan of the Spice Girls. They really changed my life. Also, Destiny's Child mm-hmm. was up there. Um, and Jock Jams. I don't remember what number. <laughs> but I really loved me some Jock Jams. Oh, and Will Smith, Big Willie style. Oh. Yeah. Gonna say, um... And Backstreet Boys more of a millennium man myself but i can appreciate it 
<laughs> now I've just got a name like my early uh, millennium. <laughs> nice. Do you remember Meredith Brooks, bitch? I'm a bitch. Oh. I'm a lover. Yes. I'm a... <laughs> that album was called Blurring the Edges. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I can believe that you had it because truly no one knows that album off the top no, of their head no. otherwise. Mm-mm. It was the only good song. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, what was really cute was that my dad would sing it along with me. I mean, that hook, come on, got more hooks than a tackle box. Like you got everything sure you need in there. Yeah. Everything you could identify with. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. You're at least one of those things if you're a human. If not more than one. Question 10. What's a go-to karaoke song? Gosh, I just wrote one down the other day. Ooh. And then I texted someone that was going to karaoke that they should sing it for me. (laughs) I like look it up. I like third hand karaoke songs. Like <laughs> a song so good someone should sing it even when I'm not there. <laughs> exactly. That's how good it is. No, I got to know. I got to find it. <laughs> Come on. I have no idea. <laughs> um, you know, a good karaoke song makes everyone sing along. Something emotional, like Adele, like a ballad, or like super upbeat and poppy. But let me tell you my guilty pleasure that I have been so supremely embarrassed when no one knows what I'm doing or why, mm-hmm. which is the offspring pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> Nice. Very nice. Because I think the only reason people recognize it is from that weird little cowbelly twangy intro before like the whole rock band kicks in. Yes. Yeah. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. I just know all the words and I shouldn't. And it's not a good song. But I I just do, and um, I want to show off that very specific skill. But you really got to find the right audience. Yeah, that that might not be for everybody. But when you find yeah. the, it all it's almost better if it's not the right audience because <laughs> <laughs> then you're just going 110 percent, and everyone's just a little confused. A little like wow. This means a lot to her, but the rest of us are being tortured right now. I'm also a bad singer, like just objectively not good at singing. Oh, okay. I know what my good karaoke song is. Okay. I want to dance with somebody. Ooh. Because everybody's going to sing along. Yeah. I want to dance with somebody. Because you got to. I want to feel the heat. That you know? high note on heat. That's the that's what draws everyone in. Everyone loves to hit that note. You can't not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't not. If you're at a wedding or anywhere with even a a, a just a U-shaped glass in your hand of any sort, yes. that song comes on, 
you gotta you gotta just kick it in <laughs> yeah and then the glass goes up in the air when you do it then With somebody. oh it's great levels the whole feel level. free feel free next time you do karaoke to take that one i understand i'm stealing it i know what this podcast is really about mm-hmm. you getting a list of good karaoke songs that's my long con that's what i'm doing <laughs> uh uh question 11 what's the last song you listened to i got spotify open right yeah. now yeah this song, this question somehow not sponsored by Spotify. Spotify, get on it. Throw your boy a couple bucks. <laughs> oh yeah, every question could have a sponsor. Mm-hmm. It's called "Be My Baby" by Lowland Hum. Lowland Hum. I don't know. This is the thing about Spotify. It finds me music that I like, and I just don't look at this playlist it created for me, and I'm like, know the song really well, and I could not tell you. I've never heard Lowland Hum until I just clicked on Open the Window right now. It, but it's a great song. It's the gift and the curse of uh, of the modern music. No one knows what the songs are called or the album listings anymore, but you get so much more good music. I mean. Yeah, yeah. But you know who I also found out was in my playlist and I didn't know? Um, Shaky Graves, and I saw him in concert last week. Whoa. Yeah. It was weird going to a concert, let me tell you. I'm going to uh, Comic-Con for the first time since all this craziness happened. Uh, Well, at the time of recording, tomorrow. Uh, New York Comic-Con, and uh, I am quite psyched. I'm going to be dressing up and i can't wait and i'm gonna nerd out i'm gonna spend a lot of money <laughs> what's your cosplay uh it says a wrestler <laughs> a, hell yeah there's a wrestler orange cassidy whose whole gimmick is that he doesn't try so like even when he gives a thumbs up to the crowd it's like his thumb isn't even lifted up um <laughs> and like he'll wrestle with his hands in his pockets and he wears sunglasses the whole time and he just wears like a denim jacket just the coolest That's guy. Awesome. <laughs> it's like the fawns of wrestling. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and like his, even his, like you know, you know, when they come down to the ring and they have the big videotron in the background that has like their highlight reel. His is just like white cue cards with hastily scribbled like Orange Cassidy on it. <laughs> <laughs> really good. It's really really good. God, what a great excuse to do everything half-assed <laughs> and have it be leaning into the bit. Yeah. God, I need to rebrand entirely. That's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Because he can do that shtick for 40 more years because he's not taking any hits. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he has to do like a 450 front flip every match. He's just, he's just him. He just doesn't care. It's the rules. <laughs> I got to watch some clips of Orange Cassidy now. <laughs> I've been to one amateur wrestling match and I loved it. It was not long pre-pandemic so uh i i haven't gotten out to another but it was the kind of thing where it was in a bar and they really interacted with the environment there was a pool table there was uh the rafters there was the the dj sound booth where someone did a backflip off of it onto um their opponent (laughs) and the crowd had to move around the space uh, it felt like trying to get to the front of a mosh pit or like, you know, the front row of a concert, which was a thing I did as a teenager. And I realized 
I really like amateur wrestling, but I but I, I haven't gotten to curate that that desire yet. It's one of the best things in this world. It is. <laughs> I've I've been to dozens dozens of independent wrestling shows, and uh, they're great. They're so great because everyone on that show just like it's like a punk show, like you know they want it more than like Guns N' Roses does on stage. You know, no offense to Guns N' Roses, but clearly they've they don't been, need it. They don't need it. <laughs> and it, and it kind of shows. But these guys, the guy doing a backflip off the DJ booth, he needs it. <laughs> did. Uh, oh my God, I was so scared for their limbs. <laughs> oh man, that rules. Uh, what was the question? Something about wrestling? Um, <laughs> song, <laughs> song, concert, you going to Comic-Con, and I'm excited for you. Yes, I'm so excited. Artist Alley, baby, all the way. Uh, question 12. What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? Like I want them to put out a new album? Sure. Sorry, there are dogs just banging at this door <laughs> trying to get let in. Oh, gosh. I guess it's going to have to be The Offspring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> fly for a white guy, too. Yeah, too. Yeah, don't, don't even come up with original material. Just rewrite that older song. Updates and lyrics. Um, gosh. A song or artist I want more from. Man, I I used to be like a real music connoisseur, like follow the bands I like, make sure I'm at their shows. And now I'm like, I need music on, but I it, it kind of just represents a mood. It's mm. less about the artist. It's more about me needing a thing to fill my ear holes at that time. So I don't know. I don't know that I have a... I'll use my skip. Oh! <gasps> very, very strategic use of the skip. I like it. <laughs> I know. I only get one, right? You get all of the ones you want, really. It's, it's okay. totally fine. I'm giving myself three. Oh, boy. That's one. Mm -hmm. Insert dramatic sound effect here. And then I'll edit that in later. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> right, right next to your. I did Law and Order. Question uh, thirteen: A song that brings the most emotion out of you. I want to dance <laughs> with somebody. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you remember the band Bright Eyes, which is really just one guy, Connor Oberst? It was like oh, real emo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he wrote this song called Bowl of Oranges, and as a teenager, it was deeply impactful, and I would play it over and over and cry every time, and I don't know, that just popped in my head when you asked that question. Wow. Bowl of Oranges. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, question 14. It was his only happy song. <laughs> <laughs> it was his only happy song, but that was the one that got to you? It was still sad. Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of Bright Eyes. <laughs> oh yeah he also had this really popular one called lover i don't have to love hmm. it was real emo it's like the quintessential emo song if you're trying to tell a gen z or what emo was just listen but to it, connor over oh, yeah yeah oh, great uh 14 what's your favorite music video <laughs> do you remember the movie empire records yes and there's this fake artist called Rex Manning and like all these 
hot 90s girls were on a beach with a bed on the beach and it was like oh rexy you're so sexy that one it writes itself <laughs> i mean with a name like rexy <laughs> <laughs> um what's yours I mean, the only... Oh, oh, oh! oh. Ah, ah. <laughs> I think the band is Men With Hats, the safety dance. Oh, uh, Men Without Hats, I believe. Oh, Men Without Hats. <laughs> men With Hats. The opposite. Got it a big legal thing with them. Uh, yeah. Specifically over the hats, of course, but yeah. Oh, yeah, n- yeah. <laughs> Which was the village people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that might have been where they got their name from, now that I'm thinking about it. But... <laughs> Uh, safety dance is amazing. Yeah, S S S S A A A. It's just like a bunch of people in a field dancing to a, like a May Maypole dance. I think. Yeah. 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 That's it. Well, I'm sorry. The correct answer is Dragula by Rob Zombie. Dragula. Oh, okay. Dragula. <laughs> I'll accept Very that. Very close, wrong. though. No. no. <laughs> uh, question fifteen. You got a million dollars, but you have to donate it all to charity. What charity is it going to? Give directly. Mm. I'm a big proponent of don't tell people what to do with their money. Just give people the means to get the thing that they need. And I tried to find a charity that does exactly that. And the only one that I found is givedirectly.org. And they have programs in the U.S. They have programs in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and the program there is really interesting because cash isn't really used. The form of currency that is most effective for people is phone credits, like minutes. Oh. You know when you have to buy minutes? Yeah. But they have a system on these pretty basic phones where you can just immediately, like, basically Venmo phone minutes. You could just immediately transfer them. So they become, I mean, what is currency except for what something that we deem to have value? Uh, so, so that has become, you know, a way that anybody can transfer around um, some some bartering material for, you know, the cow you need or like all these charities that are like, I mean, it is pretty important to get malaria nets are a good one, but like Tom's Shoes, love Tom's Shoes, but there are crates and crates of Tom's Shoes just sitting somewhere and people are like building roofs out of those <laughs> shoes and like yeah. give those people money to build the roof they need and then they'll also get some shoes. <laughs> They'll find a couple bucks in there for the shoes. Yeah. 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 And also like food stamps or the SNAP program has all these weird restrictions on like, well, you can't buy this type of cheese. You can only buy low fat cheese or whatever. Like yeah. you can only buy eggs, but you can't buy, uh, I don't know, shampoo. Um, <laughs> and I think that if people need, some, if you're going to give someone something, don't tell them like. This is this is yours to do what you want with. Yeah. Who am I to say how what is the thing that you need if you are a person in need? And so that's why I like just the idea of just giving people money. I love it. Fantastic. Uh, Sixteen favorite holiday. Easter. Ooh. No, <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> I'm a big egg fan. <laughs> Summer solstice. <laughs> Um, 
I mean, favorite holiday, I guess you're supposed to say Halloween or Christmas if your family celebrates Christmas. Those are the two you're allowed, right? Pretty much. We've gotten a a, a, a random Arbor Day here and there, but uh, <laughs> they're the... <laughs> Oh, Arbor Day is cool. You know what? I think maybe New Year's Eve, which I think some people might hate because of the hype. Mm. But what's cool about New Year's Eve is that everyone globally is celebrating it. Everybody can celebrate a new year and a new beginning. And we're counting down to this moment. And we all decide that the moment is impactful and we probably try and kiss somebody uh, if they're open to that. <laughs> and um, and then we go home and it's done. So, you know, it can be uh, one that really feels like a bummer if you end up not doing anything. Um, but I, I've had some really great New Year's. That's a great so, one. Yeah. 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 Uh, 17. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? Another thing I didn't try until I was 25. Or get hooked on. It's 25. There's a... Yeah, special age. Yeah. Um, well, it's because I was working at, as a barista at that time. Mm-hmm. And you can't be a barista that just drinks tea. I mean, you've got access to every type of iced or hot latte in front of you all day long. So you got to try them. Yeah. You just got to. Yeah. Who among us is strong enough to resist the temptation <laughs> of all those coffees? Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Uh, if if I'm feeling frisky, it's gonna be an oat milk latte with some vanilla flavoring. Mm. But most of the time, it's just coffee with a splash of oat milk. Fair, that's fair. Uh, eighteen. Here's a big one. Spell the word gray. G R A Y because I'm American. Mm. But if I were English, I would say G R E Y. Pretty definitive there. Okay, okay. I've researched this. It's important to me. I need to know why and in what case you used which one. So if I'm drinking Earl Grey tea, it's G-R-E-Y, because that's an English drink. But even if you're drinking it in America? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm just asking the question. Because <laughs> Captain Picard drinks Earl Grey hot. Loves it. Jean-Luc, in fact. Uh, Jean-Luc. 19 what's your prized possession i want to say my dog but he's not a possession he's a child Mm. what's my prized possession i guess my super sweet computer (laughs) i i got like a real souped up computer one of those websites that builds it for you but like a custom pc and i got all the good stuff I got that 3080 graphics card, baby. Ooh, that's high demand. Yeah, it's been very helpful. I've been playing Deathloop. Um, I am enjoying Deathloop quite a bit, yeah. It's real fun. And I I got this when I really wanted to play Cyberpunk 2077, and I couldn't. And so I was (laughs) like, you know what? My whole life is on a computer. I need to stop trying to run all this stuff off a laptop. We're doing it. Making that plunge, making the investment. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to say, yeah, going back to the the um, detachment from things. My attachments are to um, people, events, habits, foodstuffs. And that real sweet computer. It's a sweet-ass <laughs> computer. 
If I could be on an island, I'm going to want some salmon, uh, a, a murder mystery party, <laughs> and my sweet computer. <laughs> that whole party just warped to an island. <laughs> if you could bring one thing to a deserted island, ha ha! I'd beat your question. Uh, 20. Are you competitive? <laughs> it could be my middle name. I think I have built a career off being competitive <laughs> because the reason why I got into doing nerdy stuff on the internet is because I um, I started a board game show on Geek and Sundry's Twitch channel and I so desperately need to win at board games. It's been a real <laughs> struggle for me to learn that hosting the show and making my guests have fun was more important than winning. Mm -hmm. But I still, like, love to win, especially at board games. <laughs> That's amazing. Does how The type of people, you interview a lot of nerdy people, who says they are not competitive? Like, I don't need names. I just need to know, like, does anyone? Oh, I'll give you names. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's a handful that I definitely get uh, not competitive. Uh, one that comes to mind is... Uh, uh, Adel Rafai. He's from uh, Hey Riddle Riddle, a podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern, kind of a role play uh, podcast. I've heard uh, he of says, it. I believe he has said he is the opposite of competitive because he just wants to play cooperative things. He doesn't enjoy when people are coming at each other. But I think that's also his like improviser mind kind of coming out a little bit where he's like, I just want everyone to yes and. and <laughs> but Hey, maybe that's me reading too deep into it. Who knows? No, that's totally fair. I get that. I wish I were more of that. <laughs> uh, 21. Do you consider golf a sport? <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of face rubbing here. Okay. It used to be the bane of my existence because mm. I think it's problematic in its history. It's problematic in its water usage and land space. But especially during pandemic times, my sweet husband really leaned into meeting up with his buddies to walk around outside, even when we couldn't do anything else in like the golf clubhouse was closed mm -hmm. they could still go golf together and it was his salvation because he's an extrovert i'm an introvert that is fine with just streaming games on the internet and that's my social interaction <laughs> and <Yeah>. it's cool <laughs> um but so i've come around that this is an athletic endeavor that requires great skill to hit this stupid tiny ball into a stupid tiny hole very far away and so um, I have to admit that, yes, it is a sport. I know. I know. I'm, I, I've, it's a very hotly debated topic. I'm, I'm firmly in the camp of skilled hobby. Skilled hobby. <laughs> okay. Okay. More skilled than I can ever do. Yeah, because a sport requires a certain level of athleticism. I, I always say you need defense to be a sport. And there ain't no defense in golf. Well, 
you could argue, argue that the trees are the defense <laughs> and the um, the sand divots, sand pits. I want to see those trees go Wizard of Oz style and start chucking apples at the golfers. Yeah. Then, now or, we got a sport uh, on our hands. <laughs> or Shang-Chi close up behind them, close all around them. Yeah. I saw the movie last night and it was so good. <laughs> really good action sequences. But I'll accept the answer. I mean, I'm fine. I'm hey. I'm not passionate about this answer no. because I personally think golf is a stupid sport. But I I did just I guess I'm going to give not. it. I'm going to it's it's competitive. It does I don't know. That's fair. I'm not here to sway you. I I I, I respect it. Absolutely. Uh, 22, have you ever played any sports? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Again, my competitive nature overrides my um, um, awkward uh, tripping over my own feet. And um, my newest sport interest is volleyball, beach mm. volleyball. Yeah, um, because previously, in pre-pandemic times, I played very competitively in a adult dodgeball league. Foam, not rubber. Both are valid. Uh, I like foam. The balls sting less. They, yeah. They're easier to catch. They bounce less. And it's just, that's the league I got into, and it's fun. Um, and I love foam bo- dodgeball so much, so intensely. There's a lot of strategy. I was a team captain for many years, and not being able to do that was one of the hardest parts of pandemic life for me. Um, but there is like a website organization that organizes a bunch of adult sports stuff out here in Los Angeles. It's called Club Waka, and I, I found out through their many mailings that there was a beach volleyball situation and it's outside and equally insanely competitive. I just did my first season of that. And uh, our team won the trophy, even though Whoa. I wasn't there what? for most of the games. <laughs> but it, do- it does help to make you like a thing when you're on a, a very good team. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, hey. But yeah, I like, uh, I like working out because I think it makes my mind healthier makes me feel better feel happier um so but also very competitive like i can't jog that's so boring you need to do something with a little more interaction community intensity and and that's what those adult sports are for me i like it and congrats even if you weren't there all the time (laughs) still counts i think Uh, i was a good addition when i was there but room for improvement always yeah. Always. Yeah. Uh, 23, favorite sport to watch? I would rather play any sport than watch mm. any sport. I don't watch sport. I think they're boring to watch. But I did just see a, a nat- Nationals baseball game sitting very close behind home plate. And it was the first time I paid attention through a whole baseball game. I'm not going to say that's the funnest sport to watch. But uh, I did. I did watch one. And it was uh, kind of fun. Nice. We got to get really good seats. Yeah. Live baseball, infinitely more entertaining than TV baseball. Oh, yeah. 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 By a mile. Uh, question By 24. a home run. Hey, look at that. 
24 theme parks yes <laughs> okay pretty firm yes on that one yeah yeah, yeah. hell yeah Make me think I might die in a fun way. <laughs> right? Which is, which is actually exactly what theme parks are in the, in the most strange way. Yeah. Yeah. Like if somebody had a really hard life or was like, you know, in a, a, a military situation where things were really intense and they didn't like that, then maybe they don't like theme parks. Or maybe, you know, like, but if you like, I think it's the same kind of people that like horror movies. Like, make me think something bad might happen. But then it doesn't. <laughs> I'm perfectly safe. But then you just get off the roller coaster. Then. Yeah, you just walk around. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Get a pretzel or something. Uh, 25. Dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring, and a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls, coming down to the ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds could you beat in this fight? I don't know if I emotionally could hurt a nine-year-old. Like, physic, like if a, like if a, if I was brainwashed to hurt yes. them. And think they were zombie nine-year-olds? Can we just say they're zombie nine-year-olds? Sure. Zombie, robot, clone, nine-year-olds. Well, clones <laughs> the... are still legitimate humans. <laughs> <laughs> just because okay, someone's are... a clone. Just because you're born and you're in a they were, lab. They were clones of robots, though. So they're like... <laughs> Got it. Robot clones. Got it. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. I think I could take out... But robot clones with organic parts. Correct. Bio-mutant style. Yeah, so like the strength and size of a normal average nine-year-old. To the to the average senses, they would appear to be a nine-year-old, but those in the know realize they are robot zombie clones. Right, and I, I have to kill them. Uh, or correct. wrestle them. <clears throat> I'm going to say kill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I could take like 30. Mm. Well, well, okay, hold on. But if they're all coming at me at once... One wave. One wave of X number. And you're probably going to lose to X plus one. But you think you could take X. I wonder. I mean, I guess it would be like, they weigh like 60 pounds, right? If that, yeah. Okay, so I weigh two nine-year-olds. But I have lifted weights in of like 220. Mm, that's almost four nine-year-olds. I think I could take four nine-year-olds. Because once you punch one in the face, they're down for a few seconds. And then they're... you've just got three. You know, it's like, yeah, it's that thing of you're fighting a bunch of people. You just get one and then you turn, you fight the other. And then the other one got back up. I think I could take four. I don't know. Okay. I think you could take higher, but I, I will accept four. You do? I think so. Well, have you I don't ever know if... seen anyone act out this scenario? <laughs> Not yet. But tomorrow at Comic-Con. Um... <laughs> gonna be putting on a panel no, no, no. <laughs> get some roby robot zombie nine-year-olds to come to artist alley ones that are interested in seeing this through and happen to listen to this podcast it's a it's a strong crossover in the audience it's weird <laughs> i don't know why those venn diagrams are really close yeah uh 26 what's a game you know you can win if i know i can win 
What's the point in playing? Whoa. A game I can win. Yeah. I kind of like picturing this uh, a devil came down to Georgia-esque scenario where, you, you know, you have to face the devil in a game. So you have to be moderately sure that you can you can take him, you know? It would definitely be a worker placement board game. But sometimes okay. you're just dealt the wrong cards, you know? Sure. This is hard because there's some games that I will win hands down against most people, but there's still that one person that can beat me. Um, What would I play against the devil? Fiddle. Ooh. No, 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 I can't play fiddle. <laughs> if he comes down to Georgia, I would play Carcassonne. It's like a tile-laying board game where you place your meeples to claim, you know, your city or your road. But there's few games that don't have an element of chance. A card draw or, you know, engine building or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so that's hard. This is an excellent question. And I'm going to stay up all night thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I believe it. While you're while you're practicing strategies against uh, zombie robot nine-year-olds <laughs> and rummaging through board game collections. Oh, I know my strategy against a nine-year-old. <laughs> I could fight a nine-year-old real good if I knew they were evil. Of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, 27. What topic can you discuss the most? Universal basic income. <laughs> that's a that's a niche one, but I like it. Or magic. Not that I'm the most knowledgeable, but um, if someone who knew nothing said, "Tell me everything you know about Magic: The Gathering," I could talk for a long, long time. Mm. And if someone that knew everything about it was like, "Let's talk about Magic: The Gathering," I would have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What kind of deck do you run? Cards, rarest, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. It's just, just like... a magical game. There's so many different formats you can play in with these cards that span 30 years with different sets being released multiple times throughout those years and more and more frequently. It's just, it's just good stuff. I haven't played in like 15 years and I'm still, I, I will still see YouTube videos of like, oh, this magic deck that's unbeatable. And I'm like, I'll check it out. I mean, <laughs> let me look. You, like, let me see the combo. I, yeah, if you understand the base mechanics, you can catch on to get caught up on on the new meta. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm always seeing people sell their old like Nico Boluses or whatever, and it's just like, this is great. Look at look at all this. <laughs> look at all that. Ugh. Look at all that. Uh, twenty eight. Favorite place you visited? Costa Rica. Ooh. I got married there, and Ooh. I just went back there two months ago. Awesome. Yeah. It's a magical Look. place. I want to live there. Mm. It looks gorgeous. It's real pretty. Uh, 29, what's your catchphrase? What's my catchphrase? Yeah. Ah. Oh, man. Rebecca Scott been... action figure gets one 
<laughs> one insertable phrase on the back. Quack, quack. Uh, that's what it is for Dimension 20. I made the bot in Discord <laughs> say quack, quack when you say Becca rules. Um, <laughs> my catchphrase would be um, printer sounds. strange catchphrase but <laughs> <laughs> um my catchphrase would be go on i do say that one a lot mm. yeah that's a good one with the with the like kind of victorian era twang to it <laughs> yeah that's right go on <laughs> if i like something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's great uh 30 What's the best costume or cosplay you ever wore? I went to WonderCon one year with a fully fleshed out cosplay of Isabel from Saga, the comic book. Um, I think it's Brian K. Vaughn that writes Saga. I hope it is because he I said that all now. The good stuff. He's all over the place. Yeah. And um, Isabel is. Uh, a ghost that is pink with like pink hair she's a teenager and she's um only got a torso and a head um no legs and there's just intestines hanging there so i like made her pink heart t-shirt and then made these intestines that hung out and it wasn't like the best cosplay in the world but i made it myself i made my own intestines and i was very <laughs> proud of it so um and I had my makeup artist friend paint me pink completely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah, I was proud of that one. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 31. Have you ever had anything named after you? I got a card printed in the Vampire the Masquerade Vendetta board game. Um, anything named after me? Yeah, I'm gonna say um, I got I got some bonus cards and some board games, so that's pretty cool. That totally counts. Yes, I don't even have to check with the judges on that one. <laughs> uh, thirty-two hobby you've dedicated the most time to? I would say generically board games. I have done many hours of many games. Um. Or streaming, because mm. Twitch streaming doesn't just take the time that you're on Twitch. It For me, it's many more hours of, like, organizing those past streams to have a nice thumbnail and then uh, working on your tech setup and then, you know, doing the shopping for all the tech items that you need. So, I don't know. I guess nerddom is too generic of an answer. But, yeah, probably board games or just... The idea of streaming. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 33. Who's a celebrity you've had a crush on? Khal Drogo. <laughs> What's his real name? I should know this. Jason Momoa. I knew that oh, one. Come on. Damn. He's in that great show, C. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Aquaman. Okay, look, things. it's not the content that he's in that's important. It's this one card heart commercial for, like, the jeans or the oh, construction oh. pants. Yes. 
Yeah, he did this like biopic of a card heart commercial where he showed like how he rock climbs with his beautiful children and they live under a waterfall and I <laughs> cried at this card heart commercial and I realized I love Jason Momoa. Of course he lives under a waterfall. Like <laughs> why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? With the most fashionable pants known to man. Yeah. Uh, other celebrity crush um oh Rachel Weiss. Ooh, it's a good one. That's yeah, a good one. Uh, thirty-four. It's the strangest job you ever had. Coldstone Creamery was my first job. Ooh. Yeah, you had to sing a song when people tipped, and it was very degrading. <laughs> it always seemed that way, but you got to beat the heck out of ice cream onto a stone. So there's, you know, kind of an upside, maybe. Yeah, but um, I also have worked as a producer and assistant director on um, various productions over the years. And so, you know, sometimes you find yourself doing strange things. Uh, I worked on a cat food commercial, several really, um, that was like a dating show that had the, the daughter from Modern Family, the very sassy one in it. Um, and that was the last commercial I ever AD'd. <laughs> Weird that the yeah. cat game show dating show was the one to uh to end that streak. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well she didn't want to leave her dressing room and I really had to coax her out. Um and I realized this is not this is not the job for me. But also, I just um, uh, found streaming and Twitch and, and all the board game stuff that I do now. And so it just sort of happened that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do more cat commercials <laughs> if I'm the producer. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Purina, if you're listening, I, I would definitely be in a cat commercial <laughs> as the cat. Luckily, Purina is a pretty big sponsor of us here. So I, I can uh, put in a good word to get you hired as as a cat yes thank you <laughs> did they sponsor the next question uh sure purina presents question 35 <laughs> the book you'd recommend the world to read write meow utopia for realist by rucker bregnan mm. interesting i've never heard could that you one. guess what what it's about guessing not cats okay <laughs> I, I i honestly don't know no universal basic income oh, of course. And the worst now the worst and predictable uh, together yeah it's a great book i really like this guy because um he's a he's a um from the netherlands and he's he's another you know modern day philosopher and um, he also wrote a book about happiness and whether we're like programmed for it and hmm. um, whether or not people are inherently trustworthy, which was really interesting. Um, oh. But I really liked Utopia for Realists because it, it just talked about like the studies, the reasons for the historical precedent and like the um, base philosophy around basic income. and. Um, and kind of like why this is essential moving forward. Um, but it also talked about some other cool ideas like the 15-hour work week. 
John Maynard Keyes, turn-of-the-century theorist, you know, just like writer, prolific, great mind, was like, yeah, of course we're going to have robots that do everything in the future. And it's going to be awesome because we're going to have a 15-hour work week because we're going to have everything automated and we're going to have all this time for leisure and pursuing our own studies that we're interested in and, you know, spending time with family because we're not going to need to, like, be toiling in a farmland and sure. yet we've gone so far in the other direction of being completely connected to our email that we're checking it 100% of the time and always on call and always in this mode of stress. And so I think those are really interesting concepts that I wish our society would embrace and just be aware of. Like, what are other ways that things could function Let's just, why, why are things the way that we have made them? This is completely subjective. Like, yeah. we were happiest in our nomadic state. But now that I really love my big computer, we can't go back to that. So what can we do to <laughs> make sure that the most people have the most happiness where we are now? Well, I love that. So I'm behind this book. Well, uh, Utopia for, what was the name of it? I'm sorry. Utopia Realists. for Realists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very nice uh 36 a movie that always makes you laugh laugh laughter what is this word you speak <laughs> of i really um i like a lot of dramas uh like i can trust to consistently Still be funny. Hold up. I'm going to go with one I saw recently in a public outdoor screening. Ooh. Coming to America. Oh, it was original. very funny. Yeah. The original. Yeah. Eddie Murphy, you know, he co wrote the story and like co produced it. It was like, Eddie Murphy, you're on top of the world. What do you want to make? And he's like, I'm a prince and I got to go find my bride, reverse Aladdin. But we're also going to have like, basically, I'm sure that Black Panther, the comic book existed, but there was like this Wakanda type world that he created that was yeah. so beautiful and lovely. Don't look into how the normal people lived there because the palace was like so great. You know that somebody's oppressed there. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> But there's like this epic dance scene in their throne room uh, in the beginning with like a hundred dancers uh, all beautifully dressed. And it, it was just like such a great film. I mean, that's not the part that makes me laugh, but there was so many. It's just just wonderful, innocent comedy of not understanding the culture that you've been put into and watching that fish out of water that uh, of someone that's just very pure hearted yeah. it's always fun that eddie murphy He's yeah a, same yeah. reason elf is always a good laugh you know mm, fish yeah. out of water fish out of water uh 37 what's the worst movie you've ever seen <laughs> i recently watched a horror movie called malignant and um yeah i feel like i've heard of this it's getting some buzz right now <laughs> and i can't say anything about it because nobody's seen it yet like it's just getting the buzz right now okay. um i do recommend people watch it for entertainment but it's like not good you know yeah yeah oh 
Um, <laughs> hmm. What's the worst? What's the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, I know. Oh, Mother. Oh, with um, uh, what's your name uh, from Jennifer from Lawrence? Games. Well, yes, Jennifer Lawrence. Thank you. Uh, uh, it's also got like Javier Bardem. It's got amazing cast. I gotta look up. Uh, so this is, uh, it was all like metaphor and parable of like the way we treat Mother Nature. But yes. it's just Jennifer Lawrence in this old house that she moves into with Javier Bardem, who's way too old for her. Uh, <laughs> and all these strange people just keep barging into her house and like trashing it until eventually at the end of the movie, there's just like a party and she's like got a baby and people are trying to rip her baby apart. It's not anything it's just like a, a horrible fever dream and darren aronofsky can go suck a dong because this movie was trash i did not see it but everything i heard about it truly made it feel like it had dream logic like yes. where one scene didn't necessarily make sense into the other but everyone was acting as if it should be <laughs> yeah yeah I've never been so miserable in a movie theater in my life. If I were at home, I would have turned it off. But I've never walked out of a movie theater, and I don't know I don't know if I ever would. If I paid for that Ooh. ticket, I'm going to stay there. I've walked out of one movie, and I got very close with another. <laughs> what did you walk out of? I was the Coneheads. <laughs> that, that old comedy with, like... That like, might be one of the one movie that always makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. I I think I was just too young for it. I think <laughs> I don't I don't quite know, but I remember sitting there and just going like, "What is this?" <laughs> the sexy conehead teenager can eat in a subway sandwich in under three seconds. <laughs> it's a great movie that you need to revisit. I, I feel I, very strongly about this. Uh, listen it's fair that's fair i i i did not give it its fair shake i will absolutely say that so i i have no i have no ill will against the film uh, i honestly have seen it hundreds of times <laughs> because you know when you're a kid and you have vhs tapes and there is no streaming service and you just watch your vhs's over and over and that's why i've seen coneheads so many times oh yeah got some vhs's right there <laughs> yeah which ones it's E.T., isn't it? Young Frankenstein, Mel Brooks classic. Yeah. And then That's a good one. I won't pull all three out, but it's it's the trilogy. It's the full Star Wars trilogy on VHS. Before the edits, George. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to do with your own material, George. <laughs> when the Emperor looked like he was supposed to, a weird guy in a monkey mask and weird... <laughs> weird lighting yeah. back in empire you can't change that it is what it is <laughs> it, was, it made no sense but it was cool um 38 who's your favorite actor or actress olivia coleman newton john olivia newton john <laughs> hold on i'm on imdb already this will take no time olivia Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, the favorite um 
she's the queen in in the crown she's um just such a humble person and like when you see her give a speech i don't know her personally and i i love the way she conforms to the confines of a new role i i just i'm taken with her and the favorite is such a good film she plays like this bossy queen that has two female lovers that she makes fight over her Uh, one of them's emma stone and the other is rachel weiss and uh she's just like a moody toddler in a queen's wig and (laughs) it is so it's a, just a remarkable film that I was very impressed by the cinematography of the production design, the costume design, and the acting is astounding. And it just was immersive and also bizarre. There's like a fancy dance sequence, one of those old timey, you know, um, queenly dance parties. Except yeah. the dancing is very modern, and it was a weird choice, but I loved how weird it was. Um, anyway, Olivia Coleman. That's a great answer. And I gotta check out this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's good. Uh 39. How cool was it in Jurassic Park when the Raptors are running through the kitchen? Oh uh, the coolest. The coolest. Running from Raptors is so scary. <laughs> They're banging on that metal dishware and uh just love it. Just love it. They opened the door. Yeah. They opened the door. Ugh. And she's not in the scene, but Laura Dern in that movie, mind-blowing. So good. So good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Question 40. First show as a kid you got really into? Everything on Nickelodeon. Ooh. Like, Clarissa explains it all. And there's a really good documentary called The Orange Years that I just watched on a plane, and it's all about those great years of Nickelodeon and like now I'd say you know Rocco's Modern Life Ren and Stimpy yeah was of that era and Rugrats and there was all this great stuff like salute your shorts and it was all about kids having fun being kids but I was just a Nickelodeon addict all of it mainline it <laughs> phenomenal phenomenal uh or do you regret ah. that you made it 99 and not 30 Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was just going to stop after. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did. Right. No, no, absolutely. I, I, I love the, uh, I love all my long episodes. They're the best. 41. Who should play you in a movie of your life? Kira Knightley. Mm. No. <laughs> Olivia Newton John. <laughs> Olivia Newton John. Oh, Queen's Gambit. Anya oh, Taylor Joy. Uh, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, please. I'll take her. The future uh, Princess Peach. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> She's going to be Princess Peach. Is there a live action Mario Kart? You haven't heard of this? This has been blowing up the internet for the last couple of weeks. They announced the casting for the Mario. There is a live action Mario movie. And the casting is bonkers. Uh, Like Jack Black is Bowser. Um, Oh my God. uh, What's his name from uh, uh, Pineapple Express? Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Um, (laughs) Like uh, uh, Charlie Day from Sunny in Philadelphia is Luigi. Um, it's 
in my my favorite casting possibly of all time is Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, the old Donkey Kong. It's oh, I hope he wears a giant diaper. Oh, he better. Fred yeah. Armisen commits. He's gonna. Oh, Keegan Michael yeah. Key is Toad because of course. Oh my God! What is this movie? That's what everyone wants to know because it's... i did see certain twitter reactions i just didn't know what they were talking about <laughs> because this is crazy correct yes yes it is <laughs> yeah it's uh um, thank you for blowing my mind i guess it's <laughs> you're welcome i suppose uh yeah it's a bonkers thing i i wait 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 chris pratt is mario chris pratt is mario He's not Italian. No, he's just a dude. He's just a white dude. Yeah, it's, uh, none of it makes sense. (laughs) None of it makes sense. They don't care. They don't care. Oh, it's, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just want Fred Armisen to be happy. I don't know. The rest of the casting is madness to me, but, (laughs) uh. Yeah, uh, uh, check out some reaction streams from that. You'll have a good time. It's a good YouTube rabbit hole to fall down. I can't wait. I can't wait. Of people just chuckling at the increased madness of all the casting choices. Um, uh, 42. Who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met in person? And I'm not counting that cat from the commercial. Yeah, not that cat. That cat was a dick. (laughs) What's his name? Olivia. Who's the guy from Phone Booth? Uh, Deep cut. Colin Farrell. Oh yeah. Um, I once had a, a nice conversation with Colin Farrell. Um, well, actually, okay, I have, I have a better one, but well, let me finish this one. So, I worked at this cafe where I was a barista. It was a pretty hip cafe near Hollywood in a neighborhood called Larchmont. And I worked at the Larchmont Bungalow, which doesn't exist anymore. And mm. celebrities came in there all the time. Like, Molly Shannon was a real regular. Oh. Um, Colin Farrell, I just, like, struck up a conversation with. I was like, oh, I'm going to improv class later. And he was like, oh, I took improv back in the day. <laughs> he was wearing a hat. Um, the guy from the Hudsucker Proxy. I can't do names today. Uh, Tim Robbins came in there. He was very sweet. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Jane Lynch would come in there. They, and so, um, you know, met, they didn't like learn my name, so I didn't shake their hand, but like, they were people who I interacted with that were very kind to me, um, which I think speaks volumes how people treat people in service industry. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, Trey Parker is uh, a buddy. And, um, yeah, so Trey Parker is probably the coolest person I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) or, or, um, uh, yeah, so Trey is obviously South Park co-creator, but, um, I found out from a friend who was making board games that they were going to make a South Park board game, or at least, you know, go talk to him about it. And I was like, cool. I'm coming. I really want to go to South Park studio with you. So you're just going to need to like figure out how to invite me. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And then uh, Trey was like, oh, I've 
seen some of your videos yeah because he's really into board games and i was like stop it what so um yeah we played some board games and um he wrote a character that i got to voice on south park so that was super freaking sweet incredible what a one-two punch yeah (laughs) oh and now 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 we're just name dropped i mean and then the whole cast of critical role now that critical role is the phenomenon it is yeah. all those people are absolutely wonderful and i consider them friends oh yeah seem like good folks good they folks, go folks. they go folks uh 43 tv show or podcast that you love but you don't think anyone else knows about okay tv show Mm-hmm. dairy girls d-e-r-r-y girls it's on netflix it's about like northern ireland schoolgirls, um and it's set in the 90s so there was you know the war yeah. going on there and that's kind of a backdrop but it's just like a straight up hard comedy that is so silly and absolutely love uh mythic quest people know about it never mind people know about mythic quest <laughs> i was slow to get on the bandwagon oh <laughs> very good though so yeah and a podcast I love is Good Luck High Five. My friends uh, Megan Bartholdi and Maria Wolf are um, the hosts of that podcast, and it's all about Magic the Gathering, but they're also improvisers. And so it's the funniest magic podcast that there is, and they talk about all different formats. They, you know, always have been the show with, this is a podcast for you if you like Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and, like, literally just talk about all the news. They play, like, improv games having to do with cards, and I love it. And it keeps me in the loop, even when I haven't bought cards or opened up Arena in a while. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Actually, I want an excuse to hear more about Magic the Gathering. That sounds perfect. I think that you will really enjoy Good Luck High Five. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I became a patron because I felt guilty about when they think they're patrons in every episode. And it was like, if you listen every week and you are not a patron, what are you doing? Uh, and, then, and then when I finally did, they were like, and Becca, we see you. We know you're listening here. <laughs> Hello, Becca. <laughs> a personal shout out. What more have you yeah. asked for? Oh, well, I met them because uh, I was doing tournament coverage for Magic Ooh. the Gathering, which was the absolutely coolest job I've ever done. Not the weirdest, so it didn't fit the criteria of, course, of, of that previous question. Um, but yeah, getting to interview pro players on stage at their big tournaments uh, was definitely my coolest job. Wow. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Uh, 44, favorite comedian? Ali Wong. Ooh, excellent answer. I don't know. I'm not gonna think too hard about it. There yeah. we go. Yeah, lock it in. I like it. Locking it in. Forty-five best Saturday Night Live cast member. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon is my favorite comedian. Actually, sorry, sorry, Ali Wong. Wow, <laughs> what a slight to Ali Wong. No. <laughs> wow. Well, she's still on the list, but um, Kate McKinnon is a comedic genius and so versatile. Like. Uh, I specifically like when she plays the character who's abducted by aliens and enjoys the way the aliens touched her. But I just will have like an SNL compilation of Kate McKinnon clips that some fan put together on on YouTube as I'm working. I, she's so talented and so just um, always finds the funny 
in every single character, which is so impressive. And then there was that thing where she was playing Hillary Clinton right after she lost the election and just did this very sad piano song. I forget what song it was. Yeah. Help me out if you know. Um, I do not. But <laughs> it, was, it was just like you couldn't not weep. And yet it was her in a parody of a politician. It, it just was such a moment. Um, yeah, she's brilliant. She's a she's a force on that show. Yeah. Uh, Forty six. This might be tricky. What's the nerdiest thing you've ever done? A LARP <laughs> in a castle in Poland called College of Wizardry. In a Polish castle. It was fantastic. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a role play LARP, not like a fighting LARP. Okay. Um, and it was. My first and last LARP? I mean, so far. I, I would like to LARP again. Tough to top, and though, dude, to be fair, yeah. It really would be tough to top. Yeah, it was a th- two-and-a-half-day thing, uh, and, you know, we went to class. Different LARPers were playing the professors, and we all had, like, communicated on Facebook groups or whatever to join our, our houses, or you could choose to be a first year and then, like, being courted by kind of like a fraternity sorority thing um and then wow. like um like applying to call the the school the house <laughs> you want to be a part of was a big part of it um and just a phenomenal experience and also a real tough one i chose a low status character that was like super nerdy like neville longbottom kind of thing mm-hmm. um and I was bullied by the people that wanted to be like a Slytherin type character and was really uncomfortable and sad. And like, so then I, on the final day, um, painted like half my face with like a black web and wore this long, luxurious purple dress with lots of like uh drapey th- pieces coming off of it and i walked around like a ghost and i said i had been possessed by the lady of the house of oh. house labusa that i was my house um and then i was just like very high status and just talked down to everyone and was like even the headmaster came because he heard someone was pretending they're a ghost <laughs> and he, so like the pretend headmaster came and talked to me and i like looked down on him and was like I've been here longer than you'll ever know. I've seen more lifetimes than you could ever imagine. And just like, so, so I really learned that I prefer to play high status characters in those situations. In those situations. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah. I mean, the next time I'm in a Polish castle for a LARPing weekend, I'm taking that advice because this sounds uh, like a once in a lifetime thing. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everybody finds them, themselves in that situation now and then. Yeah. It's bound to happen. You know, we've all had one too many woken up in a Polish castle. <laughs> this happens. Uh, 47 least favorite state. I feel like there's a lot. I I don't know enough about the states that I have bad feelings about. Uh, But I think that um, the states that, uh, you know, 
don't that have like food deserts where there's no grocery stores and have like hospital deserts where you know it's almost like a third world country's country i i wouldn't say at least favorite but like it makes me really sad that a lot of the majority of people in those states are very anti socialist principles and yet their states would be so much improved by those things that they report to hate yeah <sighs> So yeah, um, I'm from Missouri, which is a often disappointing state, and I feel like that's the only one I can speak to, just to say, as a child of your state, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Kansas City is a very cool place with a cool mayor, oh. and um, um, I I hope that you know they get it figured out. But like, there's so much moving backwards right now that yeah. um yeah yeah missouri step your game missouri. up come on if only uh 48 best thing you've ever won dodgeball tournament of course <laughs> easy my husband's heart oh come on now <laughs> your husband's heart that you hit with a dodgeball a foam one that i that. hit with a dodgeball yes <laughs> okay yeah. perfect uh 49 is there anything you've collected or had a collection of dice board games board game accoutrement vintage clothing oh mm-hmm. um yeah you know just nerd stuff yeah nerd now, stuff you can't get rid of i will throw this uh uh follow-up question off the books here best dice set you own because I have a, a my fair share, and I don't. I got a couple cool ones, but I feel like you might have me beat here. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's a hodgepodge. I just got a bunch of random dice. Honestly, oh look at all those dice. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I don't often buy dice. I I'm gifted dice by you know <laughs> dice companies and and the like. Um, I do like a good metal die, though. I did buy, a, like, a copper-colored metal die. Yeah. I really enjoy. Something with some um, heft. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling metal dice is just satisfying. Yeah. Feels good. I want to give a shout-out to a company, because hopefully they'll send me something cool, uh, called Level Up Dice, who make very cool, unique sets of dice. And uh, I see them at a, a bunch of conventions that I go to. And they only did it once, but they made a set or a handful of sets out of an old World War II tank. What? <laughs> yeah, they like repurposed it or whatnot, or recommissioned. I'm not sure the exact phrasing of it. And I was not able to purchase it because they went for like thousands of dollars. But in the back of my head, that's like my dream set of dice. Oh, wow. I love that. Um, I also love Level Up Dice. But I got to shout out Die Hard Dice because hey. they sponsored Black Dice Society, which is a and d show Ooh. I'm on. And um, they made custom dice sets for each of our characters yes. and uh, gave me like a badass big metal D20 that's uh, turquoise with silver lining. And it's it rolls real good. Oh, that's good. 19. I just rolled. Come on. Um, come on. Come that's on. a fighter's crit. Come on. Yes. Uh, great answer, great answer. Uh, question 50, the last of the fighting questions, I swear. Uh, this one dubbed the Ryan Davis. 
You're in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size. You're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife, knowing the weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose? Knife? Baseball bat. bat? Oh, firmly bat. Well, it's a length thing. Mm. It's like, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Like, if your knife is six inches mm-hmm. and my baseball bat is two feet, uh, I can hit you from way further away. And I know, I just imagine I'm actually fighting myself in this scenario. Yeah. I can smash myself with a baseball bat <laughs> faster than I can stab someone with a baseball bat's distance between us. Okay. Firmly team team uh, bat. I, I see. Who would be team knife? What's their rationale? I need to know. Oh, I'm firmly team knife. <laughs> really? <laughs> I could just smash your hand and the knife would fall out of it. Gotta have good aim with that bat, though. Because one missed swing, or, you know, I take one to the body and it, it kind of hurts, but I can still move forward. That knife is is uh, opening up like an envelope. It's bad, you know? <laughs> you see, at least it's not serrated, so it's a clean cut. That's true. That's true. It's not going to cut you more on the way out. Exactly. You can put some Neosporin on it. You'll be okay. Well. <laughs> Except for the fight to the death part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While we roll on with this episode, and before one of those lovely dice companies rolls us over some free dice, uh, let's uh, give a shout out to the people who do the wonderful music that you hear in this and every episode. I'd like the song playing now from the Mini Vandals, or the song that's going to play after the break from DJ Williams, the opener from Diella, or the closing song from Single Friend. They've all rolled nat 20s on generosity. They're all royalty free. And if you want a critical hit to my heart, go and uh, review us over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or I don't know, whatever. Whatever works. But uh, we got so much more Becca Scott. You don't want to miss it. You do indeed have a, a little a little program, I'll call it, a little show, uh, Good Time uh, Society. Uh, and as mentioned many times, a, a, a true board game aficionado of sorts. Um, people are always looking for good board games. People are always looking for recommendations because there's an infinite amount of them without feeling any pressure to, to up one over another. Is there maybe a handful, one or two, that you would recommend right now? Something that uh, is good for the world at large. Oh, gosh. Um, You know, I think that board games are um, like a flavor that you're in the mood for. Mm -hmm. They're like, let's say, what's your favorite food? It's not like I want to eat that food every day. Um, like ramen and pizza, obviously, is the only correct answer. <laughs> but some days are ramen and some days are pizza. That's fair. Um, I would say the staple that should be in every house 
that I think is just an incredible game. It It is mind-bending, but also a party game, and also can accommodate an infinite number of players, is Codenames. Oh, which I, codenames. Have you ever played? Classic. I love Codenames. Classic. Yes. Okay, so that's a very simple answer. Uh, the next level version of Codenames is Decrypto. This Ooh. is an incredible game from Scorpion Mask, and it's like... um. You are trying to intercept the code that the opponent's team is giving to their clue breakers. So it's like multiple oh. levels of, of encryption that you're trying to put on your clue. Because you 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 can see words that your team can see and the opponent's team gets to see their four words. And, um, and they're trying to figure out your words while you figure out their words, but all the while... You need to be guessing correctly when your clue giver gives a code, um, and and but your you as the clue giver need to be like extra esoteric. Where even if you're staring at the words, you may not know what I'm talking about. I mean, I guess that's kind of uh, with code names. So that's to crypto. Sorry, this is going to be a long answer. If we're talking worker placement, I mean, Lords of Waterdeep is always solid. You're just accumulating cubes and turning them in for cards, and that's very fun. Um, I love, love, love Century Spice Road. Mm. This is a simple game, an engine builder. You just have cards in your hand, and there's not much interaction between players except if you take something they want. Um, but you're just... Um, you... you have the same starting cards as everybody else, and you're trying to turn your spices in your spice caravan into upgraded spices so that you can make them match the victory point cards and turn in your spices. And then you start it all over again. Uh, but you got saffron and cinnamon, and I just think it's really simple rules, but really complex strategy, and that's the type of game I really love. Um, also just like a really fun kind of lore-based storytelling game i really like betrayal legacy because it's becoming the halloween season and uh i think it is a brilliant game with many levels of design um uh and really brilliantly done designed by rob davio and published by avalon games which is owned by wizards of the coast shout out they did not sponsor this episode either um (laughs) But yeah, I, like I just like playing board games. So honestly, it's like whatever people are gonna play with me. Renegade Games puts out a bunch called like um, Architects of the West Kingdom and Raiders of the North Sea. Um, those are all like fun worker placements, uh, kind of in the style of that Lords of Waterdeep, but even more complex, I would say. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of good board games. It's really it's a hard question. I don't have a favorite. No, hey. I- that's exactly what I was looking for. Some some hot recommendations coming right off the presses. Uh, so I, I much appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but we got a whole other thing of questions here. Well, look at that. Look at these show up. Look at this. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, 51, what's your phone wallpaper right now? Um, <laughs> I changed it like yesterday. <gasps> Uh, it's just a peaceful sunset. It's like a pink sunsetty ocean. Yeah. Uh, but yesterday, it was, um, 
David's feet with rose petals on them and like a disco ball light refracted on them. Don't ask the circumstances under which I decided to take this photo. <laughs> it's almost better not knowing. The mystery there is 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 fantastic. Yeah, and I think the explanation is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, uh, 52. What's the last thing you Googled? Also, not sponsored by Google. Come on, Google. You got too much money. Just like to see who sponsored our Black <laughs> Dice Society dice. If oh, if I get some dice, come on, <laughs> I would love it. That's a great question, though. <laughs> Chris Pratt, Mario. <laughs> Just because it can't be believed. It just seems too unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, 53. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? Molly Carpenter. Very specific. Is that a reference to something or is that just... It's from the Dresden Files. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big Dresden Files fan. The big and buff Dresden head. <laughs> I'm a Dresden head, you know? He's a modern day wizard in Chicago. It's a book series by Jim Boucher, and they're excellent. The people in my D&D group who swear by them, I just haven't. They are everything. Yeah. Because he pulls from all lore, and like Harry Dresden has a D&D group that's werewolves, werewolf college students that he got into some <laughs> shenanigans with and, you know, are his allies, but that he goes over there for D&D sometimes as part of the narrative. It's just, um, you know, Jim Butcher is, is our kind of nerd and he writes nerdy fiction. And he just does it so well. It's like, um, e each book is a different genre of big bad in some like there's a loop guru and there's vampires and there's the red court and the white court and they're at war and then there's the the fey courts and there's like the summer and the winter that have all these complex um uh interactions and then there's like um there are the the denarians which are these evil beings that like take over someone's body and then that person lives forever and uh they the the Knights of the Blackened Denarius, I think, is what they're called, um, and they each are like live inside a coin that was used as the thirty pieces of silver that Jesus was like sold for. Oh, you know, because he got betrayed. Um, it's all really deep lore, like pulling on so many different things, and like there's Santa Claus in there. There's like Thor. <laughs> Uh, but it's all, it's tying together all mythos in a way that's like, oh yeah, if Santa Claus were real, he would be like just this dope fey being that is like kind of a dick and has his one thing that he does once a year, but like you don't want to cross him in a fight. This is the best job I've heard yet of selling me on these books. Maybe. They're excellent. <laughs> But he has, like, that Han Solo snarkiness. So he's fighting, like, a slime monster and ha pulls the cool one-liner, you know, that you're like, that was really corny, and that's why I love it. <laughs> All right. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. Yeah. What was the name you chose? Molly? 
cucumber oh molly carpenter Carpenter. is his apprentice yeah i don't know if i'd name a pet that i it's a hard question (laughs) off the top i I was gonna say professor mcgonagall but then i but like harry potter can be so problematic these days you know yeah yeah But, like, naming a cat Professor McGonagall is pretty funny because she transfiguration into a cat, you know? It's been done. It's got layers. It's got layers. Uh, My dog's name is Oshi. Oh. O-S-H-I? Mm-hmm. Good name. It's a good name. It's fun to say. Uh, 54, what professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? China, because she's the only one that I know. I valid answer. Is a female? Yeah, no, she she was fantastic. Uh, fifty five. What's your comfort food on a bad day? Pizza. But my comfort food when I'm not feeling well is ramen. Yeah. I've already discussed my love for both of these things, but <laughs> my local ramen place has a thing where if you pay like a dollar extra, they'll put extra soft boiled egg in it. It's the yeah, easiest. You gotta get the extra egg. The easiest dollar I will ever spend every time. Every time. Always extra egg. <laughs> yes. It's the it's arguably the best part of the whole thing. Like soaking in that broth and oh. Ugh, so good. So good. Uh 56. Favorite smell. I like a musk. Mm. You know, I've been a, a quarantine hobby that I have enjoyed is candle making Ooh. because candles are overpriced. And if you just buy in bulk soy wax and some some wicks and then reuse your old candle containers and Ooh. stick in some essential oils, you can make a candle so easily. And um, so I have all these essential oils that I've purchased for that purpose and my favorite ones are like the men's cologne, like the musky kind of like rolling around in a wood forest and also like a little bit of sweat. <laughs> That's my favorite smell. I like thinking that those are two different scents that you have. So it's like forest and then like just two little drops of, of this, the bottle just labeled sweat. <laughs> That's correct. If I were a witch, that's what I would put in my cauldron. That's perfect. Okay, I am a witch. That is what I put in my cauldron. <laughs> we got him. We got him, folks. <laughs> we did it. Uh, 57, best candy. Candy is such the, a problem, you know? it's I, You can feel it rotting your teeth when you eat it, and yet when you start, you can't stop. I think my favorite is peanut butter M&M's. <gasps> or... Or Twix. Mm, okay. I love a caramely peanut buttery thing. But also, this is not sponsored by nerds, but they've been doing a lot of activations with D&D people oh. and been sending not just nerds, a box of nerds, it kind of hurts my teeth a little bit, uh, a, the nerds gummies. They're like gummies covered with nerds on the outside, and they are stupid good. Oh. They did not sponsor me saying this, but they are really delicious. And I have like 10 packages of them in my kitchen <laughs> because they sent them to me. So full disclosure, I got them for free. Um, 
<laughs> but, yeah, the gummy ones, the gummy ones for sure. I can't wait till this episode comes out and I can at Purina Spotify. I'm so nerds. sorry. There's so many brands, so many dice companies, and just say, hey, you want to send something over? <laughs> I'll take it. Feel free. A, take. I'll take that free stuff. A dice box filled with nerds candy. Like, why not? I'm not mad at it. Uh, fifty worst candy. Smarties. Mmm. A little chalky, right? They're just kind of. They're chalky. Yeah, they're little tiny hockey pucks of chalk. Also, I recently read some random fact that said that they were originally manufactured in an ammunition manufacturing equipment. Oh. In like World War One or something. That's well, I will add to your Smarties lore. My hometown has the Smarties factory in it. And if you when I was walking to high school, you had to pass it. So if I got up fifteen minutes early, you could smell when they turned the factory on, and it was like a Wonka dream. Like walking through and literally like about a block and a half just smelled of Smarties candy. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and the rumor was if you knocked on their door, they would just give you a bag of Smarties for free just as you're like, yeah, just here. They just had some, the front desk person just had some, I guess. But but you never knocked on their door? Did not. I just enjoyed the smell. I wafted by like a cartoon character, like my tips of my feet were touching the ground. And yeah, just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The, I see it. The more I could live as an animated cartoon character, the better. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 59. What's a restaurant you'd recommend? Boy, oh boy, I just love food all the time, <laughs> anywhere. Uh, a restaurant I would recommend <gasps> Yamashiro. Ooh. This is a restaurant on top of the Hollywood Hill. And honestly, they changed ownership so many times. I don't even know if the food's still good, <laughs> but it is a location you wouldn't mm. believe. And you have to make a reservation. And it's um the architecture is like a I wanna say a pagoda. Okay. Um yeah. It's a Japanese-style restaurant with these beautiful shrine entrances and, like, beautiful, uh, just ornate, decorated Japanese-style carvings on wooden walls. And um, it's overlooking the whole city, so you just see all of the lights, and it it, it just is an experience. Wow. That sounds uh, fantastic. Yes. Uh, and it's in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Home of the Doors. <laughs> yes. Um, weird old reference there. Uh, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> uh, 60. What's a food you've never eaten? Urchin. Oh. I don't like weird sea creatures. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a fear of shellfish. Interesting. Crabs, lobster, shrimp. They I like my stomach is turning saying those words. <laughs> okay. They creep me out. They're creepy looking. They're like cockroaches of the sea and they upset me. <laughs> yeah. A lobster is nothing if not a sea scorpion. 
Like right? Yeah. Ooh, no. It's a delicious scorpion. <laughs> but a scorpion. It's so much work just to get a little bit of meat. I mean, is it worth it with those eyes? Those beady little eyes on stalks. <laughs> beady little eyes. I hey, I'm 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 very biased because I, I I'm here in beautiful New Jersey, which has no uh, stereotypes or ill will against it from anybody. Uh, but it is a lovely place for great seafood, and uh, I'm very spoiled in that regard. Uh, but they are hideous creatures. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't even pretend to deny that. I get it. Had I grown up on a coast, I would probably feel differently. But I did not. I was raised eating just cow. <laughs> cow again. <laughs> cow again. As a child, my favorite food was prime rib, and I would order it at restaurants at a young age. La-di-da, very cool. I know, I know. <laughs> my parents really overindulged me. Just a child eating a full prime rib was very funny to me for some reason. <laughs> I thought it was funny looking back, too, but that's what I wanted. It's, it's again, it's delicious. I, I... It is delicious. Uh, 61, strangest food that you have eaten. I'm not a strange food eater. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, I, I'll eat any vegetable, but when it comes to weird animal parts, I think it was the being vegetarian for a long time that I can't, I just anything too gamey. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. That's fair. I, I'll adventure with you in, in a, a physical sense. I'll, I'll traipse through a rainforest. I'll camp, <laughs> but I will not eat the weird things. Okay. You'll go through the waterfall to meet Jason Momoa's family, but... I will. But, what I... but if he prepares elk, oh. I'm just going to eat the rice. Okay. You know? <laughs> Momoa just keeps slowly pushing the, the protein dish Jason, towards you. Like, I told you. <laughs> We've been over this. We've been over this, honey. Uh, uh, 62. What's a typical day off? What's a day off? <laughs> yeah, it's becoming a blurry, um, blurrier question as the, the the years go on. Yeah, I uh wake up, do some yoga, drink coffee out in my backyard, look at some plants, and then um reorganize some cabinets, and then reorganize some magic cards. Nice. Yeah, and then maybe uh maybe watch some Great British Bake Off. Sounds like a pretty good day. Yeah. I have a literal box of old Magic the Gathering cards that I... Okay, send them to me. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, where were you going no, with that? I mean, that's, that was pretty much it. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know what to do with it. It feels like I I, I kind of want to just like... I don't know. I'm I'm just going to keep holding I have a real them. answer. Because I have like a FOMO of getting rid of them because they're just so... They're so cool and old and stuff, but. Oh, well, yeah. Either hang on to the ones you love or um, there is, let's see, is it uh, Channel Fireball, I think? Anyway, there are some, or like maybe Cardboard Kingdom. There are some magic buying card websites. And it used to be that when you send in cards that you want to sell, you have to do like a detailed um uh spreadsheet yeah so that you know what you're sending um but 
now there, some of these places will do it for you. See that? Because they're way faster at it, or I don't know. They that you could just send in a box of old cards and they'll tell you how much they're all worth. Yeah. Um. So you don't have to do all the logistical work. But if it's the nostalgia, then I can't help with that. Yeah. I, Except to send you some Marie Kondo videos. <laughs> that probably would help, but I would still keep my blue and white deck. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You keep the deck. Yeah. But like all those old commons and uncommons, nah. I'm never gonna use them. Why would I need another Phyrexian Walker? Why? But I have <laughs> uh, zero. More than four. Get out. <laughs> uh, sixty-three bucket list item that you accomplished. Being on Dimension Twenty. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? <laughs> Being on South Park? <laughs> um, that just feels braggy now. Uh, <laughs> it's true, though. Bucket list. Yeah. Uh, waterfall jumping. Whoa. I've also bungee jumped, although I really weenied out. Like, I kind of just crumpled off the ledge instead of <laughs> jumping. My legs just didn't work when it was up to me. Oof. This is why roller coasters are great because um, it just happens and you're along for it, but you can't wimp out. Yeah, there's some high school kid pressing a button that launches you at 70 miles an hour. Bungee cord, not so much. Yeah, very safe when you put it that way. <laughs> but you know, hey, that's that's half the thrill, you know. I don't trust high school with children with anything. They think they're people. They're not people yet. Let me know when you. I don't know. Finish home ec. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sticking it to those big high school. <laughs> Taking them down a peg. Um, I, don't, I don't know if any of your listeners are Gen Zers, but I do take it back. I was just kidding. Uh, and I did recently spend, we had a house guest for three weeks that is um, our cousin. And uh, he's 17, and he taught me all the ways that I'm a super old millennial mm -hmm. and way out of touch because I still text and email instead of Snapchatting and TikToking. And, just, um, yeah. <laughs> but he's also brilliant and thoughtful and cares a lot about the planet and like people and manga and anime. And, um, it was super interesting and fun and, and made me be like, wow, I am old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, 64, bucket list item you probably won't accomplish. Do people actually make actual bucket lists? No, I don't think so. I like, I would, I would take the staple bucket list. What are the ones everybody's done? I don't know, go to space. Let's say go to space. Yeah. It'd be cool. Probably not going to happen. Unless, like... Maybe I'll get friends with Lance Bass. Didn't he go to space? Oh my god. That sounds like a true thing that I thought I might have dreamed, but you also had the same dream. We both dreamed that Lance Bass went to space. And <laughs> I'm going to, with all the sponsors, I'll at Lance Bass and ask him if he ever went to space. We'll get to the bottom yeah, of it. We won't Google it. We'll just at him. That's... If if seventeen year olds can teach me anything, that's how you solve things. You just at people on Twitter. It's true. Go straight to the source. Exactly. 
65, dubbed by previous guests, the realest question of the bunch. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with, but regret it. But regret it? Yeah. There are no regrets. No regrets, man. No regrets. (laughs) I think that I'm still in contact with people that I care about. And one particular woman that I I do miss, she was my manager at that cafe I keep mentioning. Um, And she told me she didn't have a Facebook because if someone is out of her life, then the friendship that they had was beautiful and it's done now and she can let it go. And it served the purpose when it needed to serve the purpose. Yeah. And I think that there's something really beautiful to letting go of when your time of being close to someone is done instead of like forcing that interaction to need to continue. Um, and I also think, you know, I I like that feeling of, I haven't talked to you in two years, but I just sent you a message and it was like we had never been apart. That is true. Or or meeting up with someone after years and it might it's just like time skip. You're just there again. That yeah. is yeah. I recently messaged my best friend from college who now lives in Thailand oh, and oh. she's been living there for a decade and um doing all kinds of different things. But uh I I was like, Hey, what if I wanted to go to Thailand? Could I come visit you? And she was like, Hey, you live in a place where the pandemic's almost over and the rest of the world does not. So you can't actually do that. Did you look into this? That's not a thing. But I might be coming there. So maybe I'll see you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's no one that I would contact and they'd be like, why are you contacting me? We're not. Well, this is over. <laughs> Furious. Just... So, so, yeah. So, yeah, I don't have regrets in that sense. I think that is a wonderful thing. Uh, 66, what's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? NES Mario, Super Mario Brothers. Duck Hunt. Yeah. I thought I was a genius as a kid when I realized you could just put the gun right up to the screen. (laughs) Oh, was there any other way to do it? (laughs) I was like, Cheat codes, who needs them? Look at me go, just scratching whatever old CRT TV. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Uh, 67, what game have you spent the most time playing? The game I've put the most hours to in my entire lifetime, if we're putting into consideration middle school, it might be The Sims. Ooh. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. In my adult-ish life, it might be Grand Theft Auto because I'm amalgamating multiple iterations. Yeah. Like San Andreas and Five. Mm-hmm. That, that's, yeah. That's especially the first Sims. It's so easy to just get lost in. like Years of my life. <laughs> every day. And in, again, instantly cheap. Dollar sign Rosebud. Get all the money you ever need. Everyone's oh, yeah, happy. of course. It was more about home design and about making cool graveyards from <laughs> drowning people. Yes. 
go in the pool, take the ladder out. I think you have a great day. Easy peasy. <laughs> we'll just line up 10 swimming pools, put a person in each. Well, you can only do eight people at a time then, but you get it. I gotcha. Uh, 68. What's something you've built with your own hands? <laughs> a table? Uh, there's a stupid video series on my YouTube channel. Um, Good Time Society, and it's called How To with Becca, and it's been on there since before it was Good Time Society, and so um, I think my personal brand of comedy is just awkwardly trying really hard to do something that I'm not good at, and that's what How To with Becca was, just like confidently plowing through something the wrong way, Um, and so I did one where I just teach you how to build a table, and I just get some wood, and I... I just start nailing it together until it kind of looks like a table. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did how to with Becca, how to build a fire and I needed firewood. So I chopped up that table. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's cyclical, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Question 69. Best pickup line. I see what you did there. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I say this every time it's mentioned, but that used to be question 68. And after like my second or third guess, they were like, what are you doing, man? You're like so close to the mark and missing it. I was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just moved it down one. There you go. Fix the problem. Best pickup line. Gosh, I don't know. Um, Just direct honesty. Like, hey, I'm very attracted to you. Would you like to spend time with me? <laughs> then again, Never mind. Now that I say it, that's awful. That's how I met Although, your grandfather. <laughs> that kind of is how my husband asked me out. <laughs> and we got engaged one month after that. So, you know, it works for some people. Okay. I think people like to talk about themselves. <clears throat> Hence why people like doing your podcast. Uh, and so uh, a great pickup line is, hey, do you want to do a podcast where you answer 99 questions? Hey, can I, you seem really interesting. Can I ask you a lot of questions about yourself? I, I think is a great way to get someone's attention. As I slowly sidle a Blue Yeti mic in front of him at the bar. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, uh, with, with the podcast, it makes it not a pickup line. But without the podcast, ah, I think, yeah, I think that uh, learning a lot about someone's deepest inner thoughts and feelings is a great way to um, figure out whether you even want to pick them up. I'm writing this down. I'm writing yeah. this down. There you go. <laughs> You're already doing it. Just in the wrong <gasps> context. What? <laughs> uh, question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? No. <laughs> okay. Hey, tomorrow's another day. Yeah. Uh, um, I, l- I like... A high school friend calls me Beaker. Off of your name or simply for the Muppet? Both. A little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice. Uh, 71, do you believe in love at first sight? Yes. Mm. But it doesn't have to be mutual. I would say that my husband fell in love at first sight, and I fell in love at first dinner date. 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's something primal about when two people have chemistry or their pheromones are compatible. And so maybe not just pure sight. It's not about looks per se. It's about vibe. It's about chemistry. Yeah. So sight incorporating all the senses. Love at first senses. Love at first senses. Okay. I like that. Uh, 72. What's a big turn off of yours? Being a bad listener. Mm. Being arrogant. Big ones. Big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 73. Do you consider yourself an artist? I consider other people that do the same sorts of things I do artists. I don't consider myself an artist. I think that my brain is purely analytical. And like if art comes about, it's because I created a formula to create that art. <laughs> the science behind art. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like if I were to call myself an artist, I think I'm a fraud. I do think they're like the thing I probably studied the most. My My life now is mostly about games, but like. I went to school for theater and I've spent years in acting classes and I love studying the craft and the art of acting. And I do think that that is an artistry. I just think the way I do it is like mechanical. <laughs> you memorize words and you say them. <laughs> say them real good. <laughs> say them real good and mean them. Yeah. And project. Yeah. So maybe that's just an insecurity or like being hard on myself because I did start this with saying other people that do what I do are artists, but I am not. <laughs> people who would do the exact same thing I do are definitely artists. Me? Me, no. I'm the fraud. <laughs> the only one. Uh, uh, 74. What's something you tried to cook and failed? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything. Got it. Hot uh, roast. Ooh. It's easy to accidentally boil. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want to boil it. You want to get close, but not quite. Yeah. Uh, 75. Uh, dubbed the Ben Hansen after the first guest of this year's show. Oh. What's the greatest piece of art ever made? Guernica. Oh. Um, or is it... I think it's called The Persistence of Memory, which is Salvador Dali. Yes. With the melting clocks. Yeah, melting, everyone, everyone knows those melting clocks. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a sweet, abstract piece of art, but I saw it in a museum in Madrid, Ooh. and seeing it in person really solidified, you know, when some... A lot of pieces of art, you don't realize how big they are until you see the original in person. You're like, this is a masterpiece for a reason. Yeah. Mona Lisa, overrated. Ooh. Big blow to our Mona Lisa heads out there. Uh-oh. Sorry, Mona heads. <laughs> I did see that. Uh, uh, What's the George Surratt, the pointillism Sunday in the Park one. Oh, I forget yeah. what it's actually called because I think it's in another language and I'll probably butcher it. But uh, I saw that in person and I was genuinely blown away. That was super cool. Mo? Some sort of New York museum. I don't know. 
<laughs> but Surat. Yes. He knows what he's doing over there. He did. 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 I just remember a teacher that called him Surat the dot because of pointillism. Mm. I was like, I'll always remember that. <laughs> it's burnt in your brain to this very moment. So it yeah. worked. Uh, 76. Have you ever had something happen to you? You would consider paranormal. No, but I love those first person stories. Yeah. God, I'm waiting. I'm ready. Ghosts, if you're listening, I am here. And my favorite is when you hear a skeptic. Like, I'm still not sure I believe in ghosts, but here's my ghost story, and it's absolutely 100% real, and there definitely was paranormal activity in this story. Oh, those are the best. I wish I had one for you. I, I could retell other people's, and it's never as good, and I won't. Yeah. If you want it, here's a, here's a cross-promotional thing. Well, I guess it's just me promoting myself, so it's not cross-promotional. But that, <laughs> that Jeffrey James episode has the best ghost story I've personally ever heard. Uh, so go to his got me to go listen to it (laughs) go to his episode and jump to about three quarters of the way in it is unbelievable talks about quince seeds once you hear the word quince seeds stop there quince seeds yeah it's like a weird ancient fruit like a halfway between an apple and a pear and oh uh, yeah there's like a jam made of quince that's australian or something yeah and they're very english there's some uh I don't know if researchers are the right word, but people. some people say that the Bible story about the Adam and Eve and Apple, it was actually supposed to be a quince, but it was like mistranslated over the years. Who that knows? Right. But <laughs> uh, it's a good well, story. So. Um, a little cross-promotion, if you don't uh, mind. Please. That is, in fact, cross-promotion <laughs> is um, I run Call of Cthulhu games on my channel because I really like the spooks mm-hmm. and I like trying to scare people and make the hairs on the back of their neck stand up. And so um, there, ha- there has been uh, a ghost one I really like was Saturnine Chalice. And that one has um, Abria Iyengar and Erica Ishii uh, as players in it, along with Paula Dimming, who is a board game content creator that is really lovely. Um, so if, if you want to go watch some of my Call of Cthulhu streams, you could start with that. And they're all two to four sessions long. So you can kind of start anywhere. They're all different guests. Brilliant. Brilliant. Masters of cross-promotion, we are. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's why I came here. That and nerds and, uh, oh gosh, all the other ones. All the Purina and something Purina, else. thank yeah. you. Uh, 77, would you ever use a Ouija board? <laughs> I made a video about a Ouija board. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a lot of cross-promotion. Let me just tell you about every video I've ever made. Please. Um, no, I love Ouija boards. Okay. I did remember a ghost story. <gasps> so as a kid, mostly Ouija boards are for fucking with your friends and making them think that there's a ghost, but really you're the one moving the, the plant shit. Yeah. And we did a lot of Ouija board. And my cousin used to present, pretend that she would get possessed by the Ouija board or, or the spirit that we'd contacted. And yeah. she'd like walk around the house all day long. And I'd run around following her and like doting on her as she thought she was a ghost and would like see the curtains like they were. These weren't here last time I was here. <laughs> but the ghost story is um, when I was in college, we would go hang out at graveyards and do seances. And we legitimately believed we were really doing this. 
and we would sit in circles and we would bring a Ouija board sometimes. Sometimes we wouldn't. We would just like one of my super hippie friends who would call upon the spirits of this hollow ground and ask that they send us a message. And one time we went to a graveyard where my friend's dad, who had passed many years before, was buried. Um, and there was a couple friends that like didn't know each other. So Camille, her father passed, and Bree didn't know Camille that well. She was like our newer friend. Yeah. And um, we were all like, let's go split up and find the right grave of the spirit we want to talk to. Or like where some, some one's there's a spirit in the air, you know, where you feel the air is thick. And yeah. so we all split up and we're all like wandering through the graveyard. And then Bree is like, I feel something here. There's someone, a man with brown hair. And he's talking to me. And he says, Camille, everything's going to be all right. And she looks down and then Camille was like, that's my dad's gravestone. Um, Maybe Brie was effing with us. Maybe she put together. She said, we were like, come on, you're really messing with us. It says her last name right there on the gravestone. And she's like, Camille and I have met twice before. I didn't know her last name. Um, and um, so so that's kind of it's kind of spooky. Yeah. Kinda spooky. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe her dad was there that night. I, I, I well. As long as everything was okay, because it seemed like he had a very solid message there. Yeah. Hey, just be cool, kids. I'm here. Peace out. You know, Double just like have fun. And... <laughs> also, what are you doing in a graveyard at 2 a.m.? Do you guys want to like go home and go to sleep? No? <laughs> that would be funny if that was the message she got. Uh, brown haired man. Hey, honey, you're out too late. <laughs> <laughs> There's a curfew for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, amazing. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> weird one to follow it up, but I like it. 78. Simply, why? Because we're all connected. And, you know, because the reason is to, to spread good feelings. That's why. To help one another get through the day. Because we're only a blip. It's like so unlikely that humanity would even exist in our giant expansive universe. So the why is just to to enjoy to love. There you go. Oh, and 42. <laughs> I get that reference. Uh 79. If given the chance, when would you time ta- when would you time travel to? Time travel. Or time tavel, oh. if you prefer. I would time tap dance trav tav tavel. <laughs> um gosh. That's my screenplay Most... now is the time traveling tap dancer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say most eras of human existence were wrought with disease and plague mm-hmm. and pain and mysterious illness and um and oppression so i guess i'm going to time travel to the future and uh gosh i hope it's not just a barren wasteland and me standing on an empty desert planet <laughs> but also a thing about time travel 
is that if you're time traveling through time, you must also travel through space because where I'm sitting right here is not going to be here in a year because it will have traveled in relation to the sun. I mean, I guess technically a year, it, it should be pretty close. Yeah. But then there's like that little infinitesimal, like I'd be out the window because the earth is not exactly on the same path. There's like 365 and a quarter days in a year. You yeah. Know? That dang leap day. <laughs> that dang leap day. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. That. What's the best answer you ever heard? I'm just plugging your other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Cross promotion, baby. Uh, These are hard questions. And I, I'm like, I'll think of a better answer sometime. But who thought of the best one? <laughs> time travel? Uh, that's tough. I'm not sure. I think I think I had a handful of people just say no. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot that was an option. Which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, but... Yeah, none none pop right to the, the top top of the old dome for that one. I do like Victorian era dress. Ooh. But I don't want those diseases. It smelled bad back then. <laughs> or I could just go back and plop 20 bucks into Bitcoin <laughs> and then be set for life. The old, you know, back to That's the future method or something. Yeah. Bet on the Yankees yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Uh, that would be my worst thing. I would go back in time and not be able to remember statistics and be like, uh, I think it was the Cubs or something. I don't know. Ah, damn it. <laughs> this is the whole reason. I just got really preoccupied building the time travel machine. <laughs> ah. It takes a lot of time. I installed them into my tap dancing shoes. Then I had to learn how to dance. Now I'm in the future. Past, I don't know. That is the best time travel device you could come up with, though. Uh, uh, dance your way shoes. to the past? Yeah. yeah. Just soft shoe into a white void. <laughs> It'd be great. Uh, question 80. Have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it? I don't think I have. I've got some pretty intense yoga habits. I made a rule this week, no television. Whoa. And I am also doing like... A lot less drinking. I get one night a week to drink Ooh. instead of seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, sudden dramatic change to my life would be um, moving to Los Angeles. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. The old Hollyweird. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go to New York. Hey, good. But I moved to LA for a boy. Dang boys. Always taking people away from New York. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when will they learn? Uh, 81. What game show, past or present, would you love to be a contestant on? Past. Game shows suck. <laughs> <laughs> the hottest of hot takes on that one. <laughs> I mean, I guess like American Ninja Warrior, but only if I also got super strength in this scenario. I forgot there was, yeah, there's an <laughs> asterisk. It says... If which would be weird if you picked Family Feud, but you still got super strength. <laughs> We're just like flipping Steve Harvey over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's that feeling of being at trivia and not knowing any of the answers. I feel like most game shows are that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, eighty-two. What's a quote that you love? Do people just quote stuff? Oh yeah. 
people just quote things just, they'll just be like langston hughes said <laughs> and then say something he said it is the bright day that craves weary walking <laughs> <laughs> Which is from Elf. Wait, that's not even right. <laughs> yes. Um It is the bright day that brings forth the adder and that craves weary walking. Crown him that, and I grant you put a sting in him that at his will he may do danger with, so Caesar may, then lest he may prevent, and since it bears no color for the thing he is, fashion it thus that what he is augmented would grow to these and these extremities. Therefore, think him like a serpent's egg, which hatched would as his kind grow mischievous and kill him in the shell. That's not even, that's just, a, that's just some Shakespeare. It's not even a cool quote. It's just about <laughs> snakes. It's just stuff about snakes. That's pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, 83, what's the best shirt? you own uh i really like this D D shirt that i was sent that is like a, a gay rainbow d20 a bunch of people have this shirt it's been on the socials lately uh, but i cut mine off into a, a crop top nice. and i wore that the other day and i really like it yeah. every shirt is better as a crop top wow mm. game show's bad crop top's good <laughs> <laughs> for everyone across the board everybody uh 84 would you change your middle name no it's a part of my identity and it is basic af i bet you can guess my middle name with three guesses of generic white girl american name elizabeth no Mary. No. Oh, you got it this time, though. You got this one. Um, Rachel. <laughs> I'm Rebecca Ann. Ann. Oh, I went too syllabic. <laughs> 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 You'd be surprised how many people get that in one, though. They get Anne. Mm-hmm. I just say, like, basic. <laughs> I felt very confident in Elizabeth. I don't know why. I didn't have a backup was, after that. That was my sister's middle name. <gasps> I was so, mentally yeah. linked. <laughs> you were, yeah. Uh, 85, what's a good impression you can do? I can do Gillian Anderson's version of Margaret Thatcher. And she really, really is a terrible role model because she would do anything for power, including fucking over lots of people. That's the only impression I can do. <laughs> so niche. <laughs> it's great. Dead on. <laughs> uh, 86. Is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? Um, I almost got a full back tat Whoa. of a tiger. Whoa. That... And instead. <laughs> you got a full back of a lion. <laughs> 
I wish I had a full back tat of a lion. In fact, that might be just the thing that I need. So I have this tattoo of Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe having tea. It takes up a lot of my back. Hmm. Pretty cool. And I deeply regret this tattoo. <laughs> okay. But it's probably better than the tiger would have been. Was the tiger an alternative or a cover-up to that? Or was uh, an alternative. Be? Okay. It, yeah, it was like, hey, friends, survey. Should I do this like my favorite movie stars from old movies? Or a tiger? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was my first tattoo, and it is my largest tattoo. <laughs> and the most regretted uh tattoo that's most first tattoos are that's i would say yeah, regrettable that's true that's true it's just my advice get a small one to start i'm gonna get a small aubrey hepburn and marilyn monroe having coffee though Legally yeah it would be distinct. coffee now yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh 87 how would you describe your 16 year old self out of control Yeah, I think a lot of people can (laughs) relate to something like that, yeah. I was a troublemaker. Uh, I skating by, not getting kicked out of the second school, and um, would go to a lot of hardcore shows and, like, sold merch for bands and stuff like that. Nice. Mm -hmm. And somehow didn't go to an independent wrestling show until so much later. I don't remember it being a thing in Kansas City. I'm sure it is, but... Mm. Azura? Yeah, it's not big. (laughs) It's not big wrestling territory. It's got to be a coast. It's always a coast, you know? Yeah. Huh. Maybe I would have been real into it. Cards are in the air. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? 88, what's the worst injury you ever had? Oh, I just told this story yesterday, but... um... I used to ride a scooter, mm-hmm. like a like a buddy, like a Vespa. Okay. It was an orange buddy scooter. And I was riding this thing all across LA, zipping through traffic. I'd do that thing where you're at a stoplight and you just go right up to the front because you can go between the cars and you feel like a real badass and you get places pretty fast. And it was just fun, the wind in your hair. I always wore my helmet. And um, yeah, one time I, but I didn't, when you wear a motorcycle, people wear leathers for a reason. That protects your skin should you fall off the motorcycle. Because the road in collision with your skin creates pain. As I learned one day when I was riding to yoga class. And I just wore these little tiny shorts oh and a white t-shirt. And um, I did wear my helmet, of course. Because okay. um, I always wear my helmet. And there was a woman in like a... SUV who didn't look. I was in one of those lanes that's not really a lane because there's cars parked in it, but it's like almost a lane. Yeah. And um, so I could fit, but it, like a car couldn't drive in this lane. Um, so I was going on my merry way. This woman turns into like very abruptly, didn't have a blinker on because I wouldn't try and pass someone with their blinker on, but she turns into a parking lot for a fast food restaurant like immediately because. Uh, later, I found out her kids screamed, like, go, go there. We got to go. I'm hungry. Oh. <laughs> she turns very abruptly, hits me Ugh. with, like, her back right tire. 
I fly in the air. My scooter goes under her back right tire. I go over her SUV and I roll in the air. I hit her hood. I hit the ground in front of her car. And she hits her brakes. And... Good gravy. I am a very lucky person. I'm knocking on wood because my t-shirt was pinned to the asphalt by her tire. But the tire wasn't touching me. And two teenage girls were at the bus stop nearby and they run over and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? How can we help you? And I said, please ask them to back up so I can stand. (laughs) And then the ambulance comes, but I was like, early 20s, just moved to LA. And I was like, I'm not taking an ambulance. 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 I know how much those cost and I did not get in. (laughs) Luckily, I don't think I had a concussion. I was wearing my helmet um, but I had a lot of road rash, which is when like the asphalt and the little tiny rocks in the asphalt just like embed in your skin and it's just like all red and raw. Um, but no major injuries and I've never broken a bone. Oh, hey, me too. Still never. Well, the so far, part, but yeah. That, yeah. Knock on wood. Jeez. That is, uh... but I, I won't ride a scooter in LA anymore. <laughs> That's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. Uh, 89, what's a habit of yours you want to break? Overthinking what I do or say. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Like, nobody cares as much about that thing that you think you said the wrong thing. Nobody else is thinking about it that much. Only you are. So let it go. (laughs) That classic, you know, you make the dinner, and so you go, it's garbage. It's I put an extra pinch of salt, and it's terrible, and it doesn't just. And then everyone else eating it goes, "What are you talking about?" Like they don't, they they don't notice as much as you do. Only you know we're our harshest critics. So I'm being my own harshest critic. I think that's a good one. Admirable. Yeah, but I will never stop. Well. <laughs> I would like to stop, but I've never seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh 90. Home stretch time here. Have you ever oh, lied wow. on your resume? I feel like you're supposed to lie on a resume. <laughs> no, I don't I recently made a resume just on a lark to apply to like a ridiculous job that I'm completely unqualified for in journalism just for fun. Um, (laughs) um, but I realized I haven't made a resume in a very long time Mm. because to get work on film sets, you just get hired by people, you know, and you've worked with before and same with, you know, all of the weird nerdy things that I've done. It's kind of like, well, you saw something I made or was in and that's why you hired me. So I don't have a resume. Yeah. Um, so that's a luxury, and I am very grateful that I have never needed to lie on a resume. Nice. But for all the kids out there, yes, you should lie on your resume. Uh, <laughs> 91, have you ever punched someone in the face? No. Mm. But I've been in a mosh pit, so. Oh, maybe maybe a couple errant uh, open fist <laughs> open yeah palm more strikes. kicking probably more kicking. yeah yeah 
92, would you ever go to a nude beach? Hell yeah. Not by myself. (laughs) (laughs) With 30 of my closest friends. (laughs) Well, sure. I mean, if they were down, uh, I I would love to go with my husband or, but like, I would want um, a, a buffer to random people trying to pick me up, you know? Yeah, that's more than fair. (laughs) This is a consideration as a woman. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 93, somehow not the realest question. When was the last time you cried? Oh, dude, every day. Gosh, when was the last time I cried? I watched The Sound of Metal last week. This film should have won the Oscar in 2020. It did not, but it was nominated. I think it won some sound awards. And Riz Ahmed plays a punk drummer that loses his hearing. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> I'm just choking on my own spit. I wasn't actually getting choked up. Um, For audio listeners, <laughs> she was uh, actually telling the truth. Heck, <laughs> <laughs> listen, that's just choking. Um, yeah, Sound of Metal, highly, highly recommend. Wow. The last time I cried for my own emotional, personal reasons probably been longer although i am an easy crier but yeah uh, you put a film in front of me with an emotional scene of any kind and i will probably cry yeah thank god oh also every therapy session i've ever had uh, well, which is every other week that's like a good <laughs> cry though i feel in a, in a lot of ways I think that, well, I'm pretty new to therapy, actually, and I find it really difficult to, like, talk about my own feelings and emotions. I was going to say talk about myself, but we've been doing that for two hours and 47 minutes. Um, (laughs) Not that we're keeping track. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Just talking is one thing, but when someone's like, why do you feel this way? (laughs) I just cry and (laughs) like, on command. Maybe it's just now my therapist's voice that I'm like, oh, oh, that's. The, what is Pavlov? I don't know if it's the bell or the food or the food or the bell that I'm supposed to cry now. One of the two. Yeah. Uh, 94, what's something you've done and will probably never do again? Um, oh, I can think of one that I'm not going to say out loud. <laughs> um, fair, fair. Hopefully... Betray someone's trust. Hmm. I think that's a very introspective answer. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Gold star? Scratch and sniff, even. Yes. Uh, 95. Best compliment you've ever received? I actually collect compliments. <laughs> if I haven't made it clear, <laughs> I do suffer... Some somewhat of imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of women do, especially women with like a public persona. And so, especially, um, I don't like to read a lot of comments because one bad comment comment can negate a thousand good comments. Yeah. But sometimes people send me personal messages where they find my email or something. And say something I've done that has been meaningful in their life. And those are the best compliments in the world to me. To know that I have like positively impacted someone's life or helped them to get out of a depressed period because some of my like silly whatever content that 
helped them. Yeah. That's the best compliment in the world. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, 96, tell me a joke. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so mm-hmm. a joke. Gosh. I have the memory of a goldfish, so I find jokes very difficult to recall. <laughs> But if I were to tell you, uh, but I always try and commit like that one good joke to memory for when I'm on a podcast and I've asked to tell someone a joke. You're you're told that this is a question podcast and this is clearly just a prompt for me to ask you to tell a joke. <laughs> yes. That's, can you tell me a joke? Is That's a question. Then people, that's a question. Then people trick Stop. me and just say, yes. Oh, too late. I already missed that joke. But that's a joke, and it counts. Okay. What do you call a fish missing an eye? I don't know. What do you call a fish missing an eye? Fish. So bad. Great. So bad. I'm going to learn a better joke, and I'll put it in the comments. I don't know if you're going to find a better one. That's that's <laughs> top of the heap right there. Uh, 97. 97 used to be a question I came up with. Uh, that wasn't all that good. So I took it and crumpled it and put it in a recycling bin, as people should do, uh, and uh, replaced it with the listener question of the week. Uh, so if anyone has listener questions that they would like used on uh, upcoming episodes, it's 99. Of course, the number 99 questions pod at gmail.com 99 questions pod on the Twitter. Uh, and this question uh, was actually uh, asked to me uh, via video call. So I had to transcribe it. It was a little bit of rambling, but uh, this is from Eric Crust. Thank you, Eric. Uh, his exact quote was mid ramble. What was it like being back in the dome? <laughs> with Brennan as the DM. Uh, big Dimension 20 fan and wants to know, being in the hallowed dome, being back in person, how was that experience? Being in the dome was absolutely intimidating. Ooh. I, I can imagine, though, because there, there's like lights and all sorts of production elements. I'm used to being on a set. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So so that that part is fine. It's more... I've been playing D&D on the internet for a couple years now. And to me, Dimension 20 is the best, like, most vibrant. It's putting together all of the things that I love about comedy and about fantasy and nerddom and um brennan i i've known for a while just through you know circles work yeah um okay truth is uh my husband is uh the executive producer uh at college ah, there you go. yeah but i had to earn my own stripes <laughs> before i got on there um and uh, you know doing various D and running call of cthulhu and stuff like that um and I, I just felt like wildly, uh, 
the like these are the people that I think are the best in the world at this very niche thing. I mean, Abria, Erica, Reka is just the, a comedy legend, and um, uh, I mean, Persephone is such a wonderful person, and that was actually her first time on set, so I think um, wow. Yeah, I think she also like me probably felt um that level of intimidation <laughs> to be there and and Izzy is just so, so like she knows herself so well in a way that really astounds me and I'm just feel so grateful that I got the opportunity to be a part of something that I really enjoy watching. <laughs> um so yeah, intimidating. <laughs> Well, that is phenomenal. And you're doing a heck of a job on it. I'm sure they're all recorded oh, at this you. point. But still, excellent, excellent show. Uh, cross promotion. Check out Dimension 20. The 7. Yay! The first episode's free on YouTube. And then give drop out some money for Pete's sake. Not that expensive. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Good plug. Yeah. Uh, 98. What made you want to be who you are today? Um, hmm. I think being an ensemble cast member in the pajama game sophomore year of high school. Hmm. <laughs> this is so specific. I, I love this. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's such a domino of where you end up. Like, being on Dimension 20 came from me playing Call of Cthulhu and running stuff and on Geek and Sundry and all that other stuff came from me being a producer. And me being a producer came from me needing a job and living in L.A. And me needing a job and living in L.A. came from me wanting to be an actor. And wanting to be an actor came from, you know, going to theater school. And I went to theater school because I was just like a burnout stoner until I was in the pajama game as an ensemble cast member and was like, theater's super dope. I really love that thr thrill, that adrenaline rush of being on stage and having to hit your mark and say your lines and don't mess up. <laughs> and um, uh, so, yeah, I think that that and that came about because my mom said, hey, quit being such a lazy stoner. Figure out an after school activity you want to be in. Field hockey plays. I don't care. Do something. <laughs> I, I, I love when it is literally like, you know, Batman style. There is that one inciting incident that just just leads to all this yeah uh oh man but we're at the top of the mountain here we're at question 99 the titular question if you will i didn't think we'd ever get here and also i feel like we got here really fast yeah if anything we should stretch we should <laughs> <laughs> we gotta i i'll find some filler questions i don't know if there are <laughs> other questions uh <laughs> I don't think there are in the world, no. No. I found them all. That's why it's on the list. Uh, question 99. What do you want to be remembered for? Saving the world. <gasps> People can't see, but Becca's pulling out a sword. <laughs> <laughs> and bounding toward her window. <laughs> That's correct. I feel like I don't need to elaborate there. It's pretty clear. I think that makes sense. <laughs> I got no more. I got no more for you. 
All right, now we flip the tables, <gasps> and I ask you the other 97 that I didn't return. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, breakfast. Let's see. <laughs> no, no, wait. Never mind. Never mind. I got to go. <laughs> We're going to be here a while. Uh, Becca, thank you so much for doing this. This has been absolutely amazing. Uh, you, you're amazingly generous with your time. Thank you so much. For, for doing this really and truly well Bob, not for everyone not for everyone i'm not but i liked your podcast and i wanted to um answer your wonderful questions so thank you for creating such a fun awesome concept and for having me on well thank you that's very kind of you and uh happy to do it uh but is there anything you would like to uh plug promote or waft into the ears of our wonderful listeners uh, the floor is exclusively yours well, let me waft your way to head on over to youtube.com slash goodtimesociety, where you can find role-playing content, you can find board game tutorials, and you can find really old how-to with Becca funny videos that I have referenced in this episode. I hope you enjoy. Becca Scott, everybody. Follow the YouTube channel, follow the whatever's what an absolute gem i haven't giggled that hard in oh i don't know a while uh support her in any way you can she is a wonderful human being but the red light is on its last call we got to figure out what we learned here today we learned that in a philosophical sense some days it's ramen and some days it's pizza but more than anything what we're really chasing after is to feel the heat with somebody stress the word heat we learn that gifts don't always land how you expect them to. I mean, if my mom had given me a steel drum instead of an Xbox so many years ago, who knows where I'd be? Probably still here, but, you know, it's fun to think about, I guess. We learn that roller coasters really just make you think you're dying in a fun way. We learn that you never pick up a face-down penny. And we learn that chicken salad sandwiches at an airport can be more life-changing than they would appear to the naked eye. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go write a screenplay about a tap-dancing time traveler. I'll see you again in two weeks for our next episode. Thank you, and good night.